Hey! What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the program. It's the Jeff Gerstman Show. I'm your host for this week's big show. My name is Jeff Gerstman. I'm happy to be here. Ask anybody. Uh, and it uh, what and and what a week it has been in these seven days since we last spoke here on this podcast. Uh, a doings has been transpiring. There's it's been a it's been a big mess on the internet. It's true. Blue Sky is now open for everybody. You can just go sign up now. You don't need invites. You can just go sign up for Blue Sky. And then when people say like, "Did you see what?" Ha-? You can be like, "What?" Now I'm over here doing like I'm over here not doing that. That's kind of nice. Um, I finished the Tekken Eight story mode. I love the Tekken Eight story mode. Holy smokes, is it a good time? <laughs> um. You know, it's very straightforward. It, you know, it, it works the way you think a fighting game story mode would, where it is jumping you between characters and it's got some cinematics and stuff. There's a few little choices that end up you can you can make a choice at the end, I guess, or or, or you can fail a fail a quick time event, and I think that that changes the outcome of the story. Um, the ending of that. Okay, I'm well. Okay. I was about to say I like anime. That's not true. I'm an anime expert. It's a different thing. I am ambiguous, uh, am, ambiguous, uh, ambivalent. Both of those things, somehow, both uh, when it comes to when it comes to anime. But I am an expert uh, in the field, a recognized expert in the field. And uh, the end of Tekken Eight's story mode is such a long fight between two characters. That it's like fucking four episodes of Dragon Ball Z. It is like Goku and Vegeta doing their thing for like, over the course of like four episodes, and one of those episodes is just them charging. It's like fucking mind blowing that the end of that this is the end of Tekken Eight is like it's it's got it also not to, it does not stop there. It is also like. Two guys in the air, one axe, double axe handling the other one out of the air, elbow to the back, knocking a guy out of the air. Like it, they are. What I'm saying is, I bet that the folks that produced the Tekken 8 story mode saw Dragon Ball Z at some point. That's a, is that a bold, is that a bold claim? I bet, I bet those guys watched some, I bet those guys have seen some anime. Um, and as an anime expert, I feel comfortable uh, seeing that, you know, beam clashes, all that. It, it, look, there's a lot happening across the entirety of the Tekken 8 story mode. It is nonsense. It is, it, there's a, there's one chapter where it is like somewhat different gameplay that I was uh, very happy to see in a in a disgusting was like you could make a whole game out of this it would not be very good but boy if they did it that would be that would be kind of rad um in the same way that like the mortal kombat 1 storyline has a has a chunk of it where you're like oh my god i i would love to see more of this like the tekken 8 story mode has 
a, a, a similar chapter, uh, not not in tone or in content, but it, like there's a chapter in there that you go like, man, I thought I was just joking when I said that they were going to make a Muso game out of Tekken, but boy, they're kind of halfway there, aren't they? Um, it's bonkers in all the right ways. Um, it's uh, yeah, it, it, it's uh, Tekken Eight is a fantastic time. I think kind of a, across the board. Um, you know, playing it online is going to subject you to people that are better at you than Tekken. I'm going to just go out there on a limb and say that's probably how that's going to go for you. Uh, that's how it's gone for me. But I am winning some fights as well, and I, you know, like I'm, I've, I've now like played just enough Tekken recently, and and gone through some of the practice mode combos to get a feel for what it is asking you to do when it comes to assembling juggle combos and putting your stuff together and, and how that stuff comes together. Like I, there's a bit of Tekken theory. I feel like I have picked up a little bit, um, along the way there. And, um, hell of a game, great roster, beautiful, just a, a beautiful looking game, uh, in incredible backgrounds. Like there's just, there's a ton um, there's a ton going on and I, I had a, a fantastic time with that story mode. So, um, uh, the, uh, now there's another game. It's called suicide squad, kill the justice league. Uh, this officially came out on Friday. Uh, we talked last week about some of the, uh, pitfalls that that game fell into uh, during its early access phase where like in New Zealand people were launching the game and 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 like it was automatically unlocking all story progress and so they had to take the servers down so as a make good for people that bought the expensive version of Suicide Squad they gave them I think $20 in skin points $20 of skin bucks of skin bucks um, PC players did not get that because the PC version launched later, and so I guess it technically dodged the uh, the outage. Um, Suicide Squad is not very good. I don't know how much more Suicide Squad I am going to play. Uh, there is a stream up on YouTube if you want to watch me playing Suicide Squad. You absolutely can, and a lot of people have. So thank you for that. I suppose. Um, that I, I have continued, I have continued to poke at it and, and, and launch it and play some more of it to try to just like solidify my feelings on it. It is, um, a very underwhelming third person shooter. It's a four player co-op game with very underwhelming third-person shooting people that have I, I feel like people who have watched footage of it but have not played it like to say it looks like a worse crackdown uh or a, a bad crackdown three and i'm like it's not really that's not the touch point like i get why people are maybe saying that but in motion with the controller in your hand it doesn't really it doesn't really feel that I, I would. I would probably rather play Crackdown Three. No, there's no probably about it. I, I would rather play. I would rather play Crackdown Three. Um. 
so it's it's a, they they have four characters in it, and the characters seem like they're going to be dramatically different, and um, they're not. Uh, they all have to have a you know because because you have to you have to navigate the world right, so you need to have similar abilities across all the characters when it comes to traversal. Um, and so it's a situation where like you know one guy gets a jetpack, the king shark can just jump real far. And uh, Harley Quinn gets a, 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 she steals a drone that then she can swing from. And that's how she can get from place to place. Um, there's not a great flow in the, in, in, in that traversal. Um, making your way from rooftop to rooftop is, is not a, is just, it's not, it doesn't feel good. There are some moves in there that are meant to try to chain some of this stuff together and, and all of this, you know, and, and it, it doesn't do that very well. Um, the differences seem like they're really around like, hey, these characters can equip this, these classes of weapons. But like at the end of the day, two of the four characters can equip sniper rifles. It's just the other one can do, I think, like pistols and shotguns and, and the other one does pistols and assault rifles or something like that or SMGs and assault rifles. So it's like, not a dramatic difference from character to character. It does have skill trees, but you know, the, the, the overwhelming majority of the skills on the skill tree are things like when you, when you get to combo level 10, you're going to take 25% less damage. You've got this damage reduction here. You've got this, like it's, it's, it's a lot of math on the skill tree and not a lot of like, check out this cool move that only this character does and you can do it because you've maxed out the skill tree and you've played the game properly and you've done it like it's it's just a whole lot of like oh this this one makes the jetpack overheat less frequently flying is a pain in the ass so i'm going to take that one um the combat is mostly against these as some type of alien it's it's like brainiac has invaded the city and he has corrupted the justice league that's the setup for the story the 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 majority of the justice league the 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 a few of them have not succumbed and so in the early parts of the game you hear a whole lot of like evil batman talking on a radio it's like they'll turn on each other they always do and it's not a great like it's a shame because this is, I guess, is this the the final performance from Kevin Conroy? It was a long time voice of Batman. Um, I don't. This is, and he has, and he has since passed away. Um, I, I, it's a bad. It's not a good. It's a bad performance. Um, the, the as the evil the evil Batman voice is is really poor. I think. Um. And, uh, you are shooting these, I guess, are they purple? But like, basically there's a handful of enemies and they all look roughly the same, especially because you're fighting them from a distance because you have assault rifles and sniper rifles and shit. And, uh, you are, it's very easy to line up headshots from dramatic distances without even seeing what the enemies are. Uh, and then when you get closer, you realize like, oh, there are zeros popping off of these enemies when I shoot them. And so that means they're shielded. And so that means I need to get close and use my melee attack to knock the shields off of them. And then I can shoot them. And, and so you have a few different enemy types that, that require you to 
change your range as it were and and get up close and and the the game has a few neat ideas but I'll, up close i don't think the game works very well um when you close the distance on your enemies it's like it just the 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 guns don't feel right like there's just a lot of stuff in there that this doesn't doesn't feel right anymore also uh two of the four enemies their melee attacks are projectile weapon one of them literally has wrist cannons so he's just shooting so his melee attack is him shooting a different type of gun <laughs> at the enemies um and then the boomerang guy throws a boomerang as his melee attack and uh so that, that that's silly all of this parlays into a system that i thought at, at first blush i was like that's a neat idea in practice i actually think it's really um not fun um you have halo shield. You have you have you have shields and you have health. You have a, a shield meter and a and a health meter. The shield meter does not um does not recharge in the middle of a fight. You have to aggressively go recharge it. And how you do that is you get up to an enemy, you shoot them in the legs, and then an icon will appear over them that says R2 shield harvest. And that means when you if you finish them with your melee attack a bunch of shield juice will pop out of them when you kill them and that will refill your gauge. And so in practice that prevents you from just like sit standing behind cover with a sniper rifle and shooting everyone. You eventually have to get up in their face to get that resource. Right. Um, but again, the, the game doesn't feel great up close and there's just a lot of like, I know I shot that guy in the legs, but it never, it, it never gave me any of the shield power-ups. It never gave me any shield collectibles when I finished him with the melee. There's, And so it seems like it doesn't happen every time, or maybe I'm missing their legs. It, it's uh, I, I don't think that's the case. It's not that hard to shoot them in the legs, especially up close. Um, And so it's a, it ends up being a bad system because I, I think the up-close combat feels off. Um feels really off it's uh, a factor of like you know maybe it'd be different with a mouse uh because you're just spinning at the speed of a mouse rotation and, and shooting and stuff like that but i think up close the shooting and and even just like lining up your melee attacks i think that stuff feels really rotten um the structure of the game feels very all over the place it's just like um you are the suicide squad you're bad guys so they don't really care if you live or die you have tiny bombs implanted in your heads that force you to cooperate that old saw. Um, and you are taking orders from a handful of different people over the course of the game. But like it's, it's the, sometimes it will have you go to the map and select an objective and go there. Sometimes it will just highlight here is the next objective. Go and do that. Um, and like that stuff and and no matter what you do when you get there it it like it feels like missions out of a multiplayer it it feels like it feels like the type of shitty missions that would be in the middle of a destiny public event of like get to point a and and you got to protect point a cuz we're trying to hack this transmitter and oh there's an enemy too close so you're not making progress so you got to get over there and shoot them and get all the enemies clear of point a so it's it's like weird multiplayer esque objectives inside of this like non-competitive game and it's bad 
that stuff feels bad it feels generic it feels super repetitive uh it's a shame because i think there's aspects of the game like i think the the characters look nice up close the cutscenes are well directed and and well shot if you will uh and and so there's like bits and pieces of it where you go like man this game looks fucking expensive um but so much of actually playing it controller in your hands doing the thing is so repetitive and mediocre at best that it's a just a damn shame um i can kind of go for a game like this right about now this is not the game though as we discovered when i streamed it last week um the the the, the game it does make me think of quite a bit is anthem um and uh after playing some of it and going back and playing some Anthem. Anthem is a better game. The combat in Anthem feels better. Um, the jetpacks, though limited in similar ways, are more. it's more fun to fly around in, in Anthem. Uh, I like the environments and stuff. Like The enemies are a little more interesting in, in places. Like it's, uh, Take that how you will. I am not anthem's harshest critic i suppose i would say but i'm far from an anthem apologist if that helps you dial in that criticism uh to its intended level i suppose um but uh suicide squad is is just a it's a shame more than anything else and then and then on top of that it's a live service game and so there's this expectation that you know, when you buy the expensive version, it comes with like, and you get to unlock one of the battle. You you get a free unlock of the premium battle pass with purchase of the, which is not live yet because they have not started their service uh, just yet. And so you look at like that aspect of the game. So the, the thing I'll say about the Avengers, Marvel's Avengers, which uh, is, is, you know, similar in tone in that it's a comic book character game where you're playing specific existing characters instead of making your own, which I think is really hard to make work in a live service environment. Um, Avengers had a good story mode. If Avengers had just been a single player or like a co-op game and you played through that story and then you high-fived your friends and said, man, that was cool. We sure did do that shit. These characters were fun. And then never played it again. That game's not bad. Like that, that game's okay. Uh, but the part where they want you to like grind on Avengers, for, and then and obviously that failed. Uh, but the part where they wanted you at some point to grind on the Avengers forever for years to come is the part where it became like repetitive and awful. And you're like, this is not, I don't, no one would, would who would want to do this? Who would want to do this? And so I did that for, another five or 10 hours or something just because out of like disbelief of like this game that I thought was kind of cool. Sure. Isn't anymore. The Diablo four problem, uh, I guess when it comes down to it, um, suicide squad has that except that it's not fun to play through the story part of it either. Um, well, you know, I have not finished Suicide Squad, so you know, I, I can't actually say that it's one to one with the way the Avengers worked. All I can really say is that I like I am not compelled to play through and see what happens in the wonderful story of 
you know, uh, of of Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Um, I'm told that they kind of like cliffhang into the live service stuff in a way that is kind of unacceptable, which I I, don't, I find unsurprising, I suppose. Um, it doesn't run great on PC. Also, that's something I thought was like, oh, I got to tune it and I, I got to go make some changes. And then I, I read what Digital Foundry had to say about it. And they're like, yeah, this runs mostly fine on consoles, but the PC version seems kind of fucked. I'm like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, so, yeah, it's just a, it's a bizarre thing that shouldn't be this way. I don't know. I like I if if they had made a if they had made a more compelling kind of moment to moment game in terms of the combat and the skills that you're you know the thing about I mean you know to compare it a little bit to Rocksteady's past work is even more of a shame really because you think about the tool set that a Batman had at his disposal in those Arkham games. Uh, over the course of that, of those three games that Rocksteady made, it, it, it got to be too much, I think. And once they're like, here's the Batmobile, it was like, this, all right, guys, this is, this is now a little, a little too much here. But the things you could do just even in the context of a single fight. And again, they, they took that combat system of, of one versus many and, you know, the, the, in a different direction than the Assassin's Creed games had before. And, you know, the Prince of Persia and stuff that came before it, I feel like they, they perfected and largely, um, are responsible for that style of the, like the current style of that, that combat that we see in like Spider-Man two and, and, and all of that sort of stuff, you know, they, they found a good way to make like that sort of beat em up esque gameplay work in a modern context. Um, in terms of just like, here's a combo meter and you do these finishers and you do all this and, you know, and then Batman can, is super versatile and he can go up on these gargoyles and you can do this and you have these gadgets and you have the, like the suicide squad is like, you could put a, you could equip an SMG or an assault rifle. You could, what if you had 15% more, damage reduction when your combo multiplier was past times 10 wouldn't that be awesome it's uh it, it's not it, it just feels i don't know like by comparison it feels incomplete um by comparison it feels like a you know it, and it is it's a totally different video game for as much as people are like well it's set in the arc universe like sure fine okay who cares it's not it is not one of those games it is not up to the quality of any of those games. And I say that as someone who thought that the last one, that, that Arkham Knight was not a great game. Um, it's, uh, it's a damn shame. I, and, and I, Suicide Squad is just, it's a, like disaster is a strong word. Like I, I'm curious to see how it, how it fares out in the market. I just, it's hard for me to imagine a world where it does well, but, um, I'm I'm curious to see how it ends up going long term, but it's the 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 moment to moment gameplay in that the shooting, the traversal, the the stuff you do in between cutscenes is uh pretty rotten, pretty rotten. Um, and I I I. I 
I don't think you should play it. That's all. I don't know. Like if you know, that's not, if you if you're there are some people that are playing it and going like, I think this is amazing, and I go like, I think you spent too much money on this game and are convincing yourself that you that this game that you already paid for is incredible. But okay, maybe I'm wrong. It's always possible. Surely there are some people that actually do like it for whatever reason. Uh, for those people, I would say there are a lot of other games out there you could be playing. You should check out more video games. You should probably play more video games. If if you're if you're feeling on if you're feeling on Suicide Squad, is this game's great? I you should check out other video games. Might I recommend video games? The colon the medium because you can find these concepts done quite a bit better elsewhere shit man you, at this point how much does anthem cost you know let's all get back into it let's not get all back anthem is a game that has dramatic problems it failed for a reason as well like i'm not sitting here trying to rewrite history on anthem and try to convince you anything but like anthem's like fucking three dollars four bucks or something like that like hey Um, okay. With that, let's get into the news. Yeah, the division two, that's a good, that's yeah. You could, you could be playing the division two. You too could be holding down the right trigger on a level one enemy for eight to nine seconds. Waiting for them to fall over. (laughs) Welcome to the division two. I like the division two. And the, the, the enemies in the division to make, uh, yeah, the, the length of time it takes to drop a single enemy in the division two is a bit much, <laughs> a, a bit, that's not a bit much. It's a bit much. Xbox. Is in the news. Um, so I, yeah, boy, uh, where to even begin here? Uh, I guess all of this begins with kind of further breaks in the dam on a lot of these rumors and reports about Xbox games coming to other platforms. Uh, I believe kind of the first one through the, the, the second, the second wave of leaks on this, I believe started at xboxera.com, uh, where one John Clark reported that Starfield is being planned, uh, for release on PlayStation five. According to sources, this is from the Xbox era story here. According to sources, we understand that currently Microsoft are planning a launch for Starfield on the PlayStation 5 after the release of the already announced Shattered Space expansion for Xbox and PC, which is on target to arrive at some point later this year. We've also been informed that Microsoft have made the uh, may have made additional investment into PlayStation 5 dev kits to support ongoing development efforts. Um Hi-Fi Rush has gotten an update that includes um, uh, there was an Xbox looking t-shirt in that game and there there have been additional t-shirt assets included there 
that look a whole lot like they belong on a Switch version and a PlayStation version of that game. Uh, and that's that's one of the first games that was rumored to be coming over to other platforms. Um, a lot, you know, Sea of Thieves has been another game that has come up time and time again in the wake of all this. People started talking about Gears of War like that was going to come over, which. You know, hey, just go compile the Gears of War 3 prototype for PlayStation 3. You could already you could be playing Gears of War 3 on a PS3 dev kit right now if you had a PS3 dev kit. I have a PS3 dev kit. Hmm. Hmm. Um So at that point, there was enough different leaks from enough different people from enough different locations about enough different games. Uh, that you get to a point with it where you're like, where clearly something major is shifting here. Because if this was just like, hey man, uh, we're going to put Hi-Fi Rush out on PlayStation. Like, if we're, we're going to put some Bethesda games. Even Starfield is within the realm of uh, possibility of, of like the the kind of like whatever version of this, right? Of just like, oh yeah, I don't know. These Bethesda games, we've decided that, you know, hey, we're going to put these Bethesda games out on other platforms. Deathloop was there. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush is going to go. Starfield, fuck it. Uh, we'll put Redfall out. Who cares? You know, like, if it just became like, hey, Bethesda is going to continue to be a multi-platform studio or multi-platform publisher or something, I think that would be kind of a whatever. Uh, that would be sh- a little shocking, a little weird, but, like, ultimately in the grand scheme of things. Well, okay. I guess I should... I wrote down notes. I don't write notes for the podcast almost ever. I put news stories and I write brief summaries of those news stories. Uh, and, and and lately I haven't, I don't even write the summaries of the news stories because I just read the news stories and remember what I want to talk about. Um, but uh, I ended up writing a bunch of notes for this one. Uh, so all of this reached a fever pitch. I guess is is to, to to kind of continue to walk through the 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 timeline of this is once we had multiple first party Microsoft games kind of on the list of like on the on the big rumor list here um you kind of get to a point where you're like well something fucking major is happening over here it's not just as simple as we're going to test the waters with uh Hi-Fi Rush and we're going to put Starfield out over here. Like it, it's 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 something more. It's a more dramatic change in philosophy. It's a it's a larger shift in how they view their business. It's a you know and 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 what does that mean? And the hand wringing that um that comes from all that as a result of the kind of ongoing um shambles of uh, you know there's just just the 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 way all of this this stuff has been unfolding Phil Spencer who is the head of gaming at Microsoft uh got out onto Twitter and said hey we're going to talk well we got something for you next week an update on the Xbox business and how we envision it going forward in the future and we hear you we're listening like all all that sort of stuff um which is you know at that point you're like okay yeah yeah that's he's calling it a, a business update 
uh, kind of lets you in on like, okay, this 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 seems like, hey man, there's there's some shit happening here. There's enough for us to sit down and go like, here's here's what's here's what's going down. It's not as simple as Hi-Fi Rush is coming to PlayStation. You know what I mean? Um, and so now that has been spun in a billion different directions, and there are people who are just like, that's it. Xbox is the new Sega. They're getting out of the console business. It's over. I can't believe it. This is this is it. This is the end. They're finished. Um, I think that's a pretty dire read on it. Um, but obviously, something something major is going to change in some part of their philosophy, and I think a lot of this. If, if we want to really kind of look at this, uh, the whole picture of this, I think you got to go back to Redfall. I think you got to go back to Phil Spencer uh, getting out on Kind of Funny around the release of Redfall and some of the things he said around the console wars and all that other, you know, just basically saying like, hey man, yeah, like Sony is outside and, and you you... You merge that with the reports of like, hey, Sony is apparently outselling Microsoft three to one. And, you know, and, and Nintendo is no slouch in the market either. Uh, and so we can look at all the court case stuff with the uh, the market authority in the UK and the FTC here in the States and a lot of the documents that uh, that came out as a result of, of all of that that looked into some of Microsoft's business some of the emails that got out as a result of that where you know you see Spencer and some of the other folks kind of hand wringing about like well yeah i mean yeah this xcloud stuff is is cool but it's not it doesn't solve a problem for anybody like it's neat but it's not going to be some big game changer for us because people that play games on phones are doing so you know they don't want to play full console experiences on their phone by and large or at least in quantities large enough for this to be like our thing. So what is our thing? And their thing has been Game Pass. For for years now, their thing has been Game Pass. The launch of Game Pass kind of comes on... It, it came on the heels of the Xbox One being completely... Not completely, but largely disregarded by the marketplace. Like, the people spoke loud. They said, we want the PlayStation 4... We're pretty sure this thing still requires an online connection. We don't know what is it. What it, we don't know what's going on with the Xbox One. We just know we don't want one. I hear it only has 900 P's on it. Chalk it up to whatever you want. There was a death by a million cuts from the announcement of the Xbox One. Don Madrick up on stage putting a bullet into the Xbox 360 and going, ha, 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 "Fuck this whole business, dog!" Woo. Um, and they never recovered from that. They never recovered from that. Competitors pounced on individual bits and pieces of it at the time. My, at the time, you know, I, I've talked about it before. The the trip that they took us, uh, the the media flew in to Washington for the unveiling of the Xbox One, and then split everybody up to do a bunch of interviews with different executives. And then when we were all on the bus back from the Microsoft campus back into Seattle. 
uh, everyone started comparing notes from their different interviews and going like, oh, yeah, this guy said it had to be online all the time. And like, wait, this guy said it absolutely did not. It was just like it became clear that even the Xbox leadership at the time had no fucking idea what they were selling to people. Um, out of the gate, that thing had massive issues. Then it launches and it's, you know, it, it's underpowered a bit compared to the PlayStation 4. I would call the PlayStation 4 underpowered as well compared to what we think of as a console launch the cpus and those things were not great to begin with but the ps4 you know was noticeably more powerful in some places where it mattered um and the xbox one was kind of uh done before it started now over the course of the last that's what is that 10 years now is that is that are we are we 10 years in since then now it's 2024 was that 2014 no that was that was earlier than that was it like 2012 something now 2013 launch okay so it's been a decade of this for xbox and it's not to say that they have found zero success since then, but it has been in different terms you know over the course of the lifespan of the xbox one Eventually, Microsoft stopped reporting uh, console sales and, and like the, the numbers that they used to report, they stopped reporting them because every month they reported them and every month Sony had higher numbers. And so they, you know, they had Game Pass going, they had Xbox Live Gold, they had all this other stuff. And so they pivoted into numbers that were more like mobile games. They were more about monthly active users. They were more about time spent. They were more about metrics like that around like hey the people that subscribe to this service are doing this and then in the wake of game pass launching it became stories like the game pass customer not only do they do they spend a lot of time on game pass they also buy more games and so this is better for cons- the the developers and publishers because those games will go on to sell the word of mouth from those game pass subscribers will then lead to other versions of the game selling blah 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 like they had all these ecosystem reasons why the Game Pass subscription service was not going to cannibalize sales and, and destroy things uh, as as they were. Um, and I think that was true up to a point as Game Pass was continuing to grow and grow and grow. Game Pass has kind of stalled out a little bit. It's not growing the way they want it to. It hasn't been for a bit now. Uh, the subscriber numbers are they're 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 cool, man. But like, it's not something that they can go, Hey, we're market leaders now. And it's because of this, this, and this. So the thing they pivoted into the subscription service doesn't feel like it's where it needs to be. Um, they've spent a lot of money acquiring the rights to games so that they can launch them day one on game pass. And that's stuff like outriders. Uh, I mean, fuck man, they got pal world. Not that, that that probably was not some big bidding war, but like they happened to get pal world into game pass. And it's not something that they're like, for whatever reason, they're not capitalizing on it the way that that seems like they could have. Yeah, the Persona 3 remake is on Game Pass, but that's a game that's coming years later. You know, it's, it's like kind of a weird, kind of a weird thing. I have a big box full of Persona 3 stuff here that they sent. Right. Would you like the Persona 3 creator box? I'm like, I don't know what that is, but okay. Um, 
and I haven't I have not had time to open it yet. Um speaking of speaking of that. But they they spent a lot of money acquiring games for Game Pass both big and small. And uh at times, it seemed like as the first-party games would get pushed back, as the first-party games would come in and not get the job done, suddenly they were out there spending more money on Game Pass. They're like, oh, shit. And so to kind of keep Game Pass going, it started to seem like they had to continue to pay, and in some cases, maybe even overpay. I don't, I'm not really privy to the, the, the high-end deals on Game Pass and how it works out for them. But to maintain the quality of this service, you need more than just a ton of small to medium-sized indie games. You need bangers. You need tent poles. You need a Game of Thrones if we want to compare it to some other networks and streaming services and, and, and whatever else. You need, a, you need a, a big chunk of content that people go like, there it is. I'm signing up for this thing. I can't believe it. I pay them $15 a month and I get access to this game. Holy shit. They haven't had that in a while. Instead, it's been more like, ah, it's great that I didn't have to pay full price for Crackdown 3 because this is a game that is totally okay to play at a price of like zero additional dollars because I sure as shit wouldn't pay for it. It's been more games on that side of the coin than on the like, wow, Game Pass. Um... And they can't do that. That doesn't, that's not a, that's not a model that works forever. And so I I feel like the, I I don't know when it happened. Is it sometime after the release of Starfield? Is it, you know, there's, but basically it feels like a lot of the conversation about Game Pass and the quality of Game Pass has turned. Um, There's always been for, for, I'd say the last like year or two, there's been an undercurrent of people going like game Pass is a fucking bad deal uh, on the, the user end of things of people just going like, yeah, man, I, I don't, I don't need to play these games. Like there's, there's just a lot of stuff that I'm like, ah, eh, you know, um, but it feels like by and large, the conversation has, has changed to the point where like, I, I still think that game pass is a pretty good deal. But the people that are out there just buying the games outright and playing them at launch and not waiting for them to come to Game Pass if they're not day one launches or whatever, and, and, and even in some cases, like you see first-party Xbox games showing up in the top sellers on Steam on launch day. So even people that would have access to Game Pass on the PC, are a, some percentage of them are still choosing to just buy it outright on Steam and not subscribe and pay less money and so on and so forth. Um... And I think on the developer side, the Game Pass conversation has become less consistent. It hasn't necessarily fully flipped to to full on negative, but I, you know, I feel like I've seen multiple developers and heard from multiple developers who have, you know, ranged anywhere from like, oh, our Game Pass experience was okay. It, it didn't, you know, it didn't necessarily. Like it covered the launch and then, but it didn't, you know, we didn't have a good long tail after we were off game pass. Like it didn't, it didn't translate into more sales on steam. It didn't translate into more discoverability, you know, like it it didn't do the things for us that Microsoft often says that game pass helps with it. It didn't really do that stuff 
to the extreme end of like, boy, oh boy, we put our game on Game Pass and we're fucked. <laughs> like, um, like this was a huge mistake. This is this has cost jobs in our studio. Like, you know, like there's wide ranges of 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 negativity that I didn't really hear a lot of before. You're you're seeing just kind of more and more of that uh out there i don't and that's that's anecdotal that's not you know that's not me taking a survey i'm not surveying every dev on on game pass it just feels like from in a general sense the people that were getting game pass deals a number of years ago were largely they seemed pretty happy with it and i feel like now it's more like hey this is this is this this really effed us over um, in, in some cases, which, you know, is extreme, but, but that's, you know, um, first party hasn't been holding up there into the bargain. I think it, it, when it comes to game pass, I think that's what it comes down to. Again, like I said, tentpole releases, the first party releases of Microsoft, they don't have, they don't have the massive hits. It feels like they're programming for game pass instead of programming for the biggest games in the world. I feel like if we go back to the Xbox 360 and we look at, you know, the the sorts of things that uh we were seeing launch on that console, it was unbelievable. You know, they had a great run. And you know, there's there's genres that now I think are are overly competitive and in some cases are, are really hard to stay competitive in, but like, you know, they had Halo, they had Gears, they had both Forza games uh, launched there and and did very well and uh, and then they were able to fuck around and be like, oh, here's, you know, here's a Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts. Here's this, you know, they, like the Viva Pinata games came out on the Xbox 360. They're, they're mind blowing video games, but also some of the biggest video games and the, some of the biggest franchises in the world felt like they were happening on Xbox. It feels like that a lot of those properties have either had bad launches or have fallen into states of disrepair or have fallen into a weird nostalgia category where like if they ever release a new fable game which they claim they're going to someday it will have been so long since fable came out that they're basically rebooting fable you know and it's like hey remember fable like it's not like hey here's the next fable or hey here's the you know like halo and forza feel like the only things that they've kept like current on but obviously halo infinite had significant issues that took them a very long time to unfuck um forza horizon is is really good uh they're probably at a point now where that means it needs a more dramatic change when they bring it back out they spent extra time kind of rebooting forza motorsport took the number off of it it's a beautiful looking game it's not fun to play like it's a game it's another game that kind of had sizable issues on pc and I think there are structural issues in that game that will actively push away a mainstream audience, which I, it's kind of cool that they went and made something that is ostensibly for a more hardcore crowd, but it feels like that more hardcore crowd has already made choices way more hardcore than Forza Motorsport will ever be. And so we're in this weird position where like, what? yeah, what is the biggest Xbox franchise right now? Like when we think about the classic Xbox franchises over the last 10 years or whatever, it's horizon It's Forza horizon. Right. I mean, it, like that, like that's, that's kind of, but also that's kind of the last one left. It is a traditional, you know, Xbox 360 era 
Xbox franchise. Um, and, and that's not a good place to be in. Now, of course, they've made a bunch of acquisitions and, and all of that sort of stuff, but like, how's that gone for them? Bethesda's shipped, what, four games? We had Deathloop, which people liked, but also was a PlayStation exclusive for a good chunk of time. We have Redfall, which is Redfall. We have Starfield, which did not, could, could not have possibly done what they were hoping it would do. Which I think, I, I think the reaction and probably, I bet the I bet the reaction to Starfield could be considered like what whatever's going to happen next week. I, I bet that the reaction to Starfield is is a really big, like kind of last moment for uh, Microsoft leadership, even outside of Xbox, that just kind of had to go like, all right the thing you guys are doing here is not working. We have to come up with another strategy for this business because they just don't have the games. They just don't have the games. And that's been the the ongoing conversation about Xbox, I think, for the last year at least, but you know, like kind of a while now, but I think as we think about like, Hey, what the fuck's going on at Microsoft, which has been a, a, a more of a recent conversation, I think. Um, and hi-fi rush is the, is the, is the last, I think the, the fourth, there are four Bethesda games that have shipped since the acquisition. Right. And hi-fi rush is the only one that I think people would like in an unqualified manner, be like, that game's fucking rad. And you know what? That game is fucking rad. Congratulations to hi-fi rush. Probably not a massive needle mover for subs and, and whatever else. Um, and so a lot of the upcoming first party stuff is, you know, I, I look, it is very hard for me to say this sort of stuff without coming off like a dick. And so I will just kind of own that. I don't care how many eight minute videos you make about the upcoming Hellblade game. It's not going to do it. It's not going to get it done. You could you could produce 20 more of those. They could have, like, tomorrow, they could be like, hey, our Xbox business is doing this and that and all this other stuff. Also, check out Hellblade 2. You're like, it's just not going to happen. I'm not saying that game is bad. I did not, I did not care for the first game. Uh, but some people really did like it. But I don't care how many little documentaries they make about how incredible Hellblade 2 is going to be. It's just... It's not going to reach. It's not going to reach the heights that they need to it to reach. Towerborn from the Banna Saga, like that's not going. You know, like and and no one's counting on those games to do that. Like to to be clear, I can't imagine a world where they're banking on these games that are you know probably be fine. Like you know, it's not. I'm not saying they're bad, but but again, the amount of time they keep spending on like Hellblade two and also. Did they acquire Ninja Theory after the first game released? As Ninja Theory shipped nothing in the is it six years? Ble- is was ble- oh was Bleeding Edge theirs? Bleeding Edge, yeah. 
right? Bleeding Edge. I can't believe I would have forgotten Bleeding Edge. Um, so, you know, uh, they're in a rough spot. The games that they're publishing themselves are not getting it done. They bought Bethesda. Bethesda then did not get it done. Uh, they have purchased Activision. Um, Call of Duty feels like it is, again, in some kind of peril. I saw some report yesterday that next year's Call of Duty didn't have a lead developer currently, and that game is set to ship in, what is it, 19 months, 22 months, you know? Like, if if that is, you know, like they they bought that thing as it's kind of in a, in a weird place. Um, and in the process of buying call of duty, they had to promise to keep it multi-platform anyway. So that kind of brings us to where we are or where we're about to be, I guess. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get, what is it? What is it? Black ops Gulf for this year. And then, and then it's next year's game that seems like it's the mystery, I guess. Um, in a world, and, and you know, feel free to correct me if you think I'm wrong about the two games that I'm going to pick here. But Okay, the two biggest games that Microsoft controls, premium games that, that release on console, release on PC, were the two biggest sellers, the two biggest player bases that they've got in that space and and I'm I'm segmenting that way so that we don't have to talk about Candy Crush. Call of Duty, Minecraft. In a world where those two massive franchises are already multi-platform and they are going to continue to be multi-platform games down the line. Who gives a fuck if Starfield stays exclusive to Xbox? Who gives a shit if Gears of War comes out on a PlayStation? The number of active users point to point Call of Duty and Minecraft to what's going over here with, I don't know, fucking Fable. Like, ah, Sea of Thieves is going to come to other platforms. Who fucking cares if you're internal at microsoft you're looking at it and going like well yeah man our two largest franchises already are multi-platform our two the two biggest bullets in our gun if we were to want to load that gun up and say let's stay exclusive we got this big green gun we're going to shoot this green gun out into the marketplace two of those bullets can't even go in the gun the two biggest bullets so at that point Fuck it, dude. Roll the dice. What they're doing isn't working. The console is not selling. Game Pass has, you know, if not peaked, it's slowed. I'm sure that they have data around Starfield, right? They probably have a lot of Game Pass data around Starfield and a lot of sales data and a lot of stuff where they can look at it and go like, okay, how many people came and signed up for Game Pass when Starfield came out. And I think they announced at the time, they said like, this was our biggest single day of game pass, blah, blah, blah. The, you know, this was, this was our, our huge game pass day. But how many of those people signed up for a month and bailed? How many people 
play that game for three months, finished it, and said, like, this game's okay, and, 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 and bounced, you know? Like, even if you think Starfield is, like, a good game, an okay game, whatever, I, I don't, I think the ending is awful. <laughs> I think the ending of Starfield is awful. There, the, I, I really enjoyed my first seven to ten hours with Starfield, and then everything after that, I was like, oh, no. I was like, this game's great. I'm having a great time with this. And then you can go back. You can find like my first impressions from like playing the first handful of hours of it. And I'm like, like, yeah, man, fucking Starfield's cool. Did not end that way. Definitely. Did not end that way. Um, so they probably have data and I bet that data is leading them in a direction, right? In terms of like, well, people played Starfield and they churned out. They signed up for a month, three months, two months. They signed up for a year and they're not, they're not currently looking to renew and they're also not playing any other games on the service. And so we don't think we're going to keep them when their renewal comes up and this and that, you know, however they're, they're looking at the numbers. I bet that that's the sort of thing that they can look at and go, shit. Okay. And that's another case where they can look at, this is a game that by virtue of it being a Bethesda release, by, by virtue of it being a BGS release, by, by it being like, here's the team that made Skyrim, a game that was wildly popular across multiple platforms, and now is exclusive to ours. They get to look and see, how many people did that bring over? How many people did we get to sign up that we've never seen before in our ecosystem? How many people did we pull over from PlayStation? Did we get anybody that went out and bought an Xbox and the first thing they played is Starfield and it's the only thing, you know, like, like, did we, how many people bought an Xbox to play Starfield on it? Uh, and they won't know numbers like how many people sold their PlayStation 5 to buy an Xbox or like how many people are they getting to change sides? It can't be that many anymore. As the years go on through this generation, the die is cast, man. The ecosystem is what it is. Like the likelihood of people, you know, there were probably some people earlier on with a few other games along the way that were like, yeah, man, I, 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 game pass seems like a great deal. I'm going to get rid of this PlayStation five and, and go get an Xbox series X. And we're going to go, we're going to go do this. Um, but I feel like where do they have, to, they have to keep finding growth. If the, if, if their biggest metric is we've got to figure out how to get more game pass subscribers, they need to keep coming up with more and more reasons for people to sign up for Game Pass, and they need to keep them there. And I, I bet that the data along those lines as it relates to Starfield probably informs this sort of situation. And it's a problem of their own creation. They, you know, they, they made a subscription service that you could cancel, and they don't put out enough games to, to where you're like, there isn't, there isn't always something right around the corner. Like, you're like, oh, I'm going to go cancel Game Pass. Oh, wait, this massive game is out next month. I, I guess I'll keep it and I'll play that. I'll cancel it after that. Oh, wait, this massive game is out next. I've got to keep it for that. And then, oh, there's these little games along the way that I'm still playing, too. And uh, I guess I'll keep Game Pass. Like, that's, they they need to finesse it that way for it to to work long term. And so none of that's to say that Starfield was like a fail, you know, like, yeah, so I'm sure Starfield made a fuckload of money. And I know they did announce that like a lot of people came over to, or, you know, a lot of people got on game pass when Starfield came out. But again, how many of them stayed? Did it change anything about the story of hardware sales? No. Did it, did it change? You know, is it, did it create a world where like, Oh, the, the three to one, 
sales ratio of PlayStation fives to Xboxes is, has changed. Did it, did it change anything in that number for the better long-term? I'm going to say probably not because again, if, if those were the things that moved the needle and kept the needle moved, I don't think we'd be at this spot right now. I don't think we'd be on the precipice of whatever they are about to announce. Um, and at the end of the day, Microsoft is a services company. That's the direction they've been heading in for some years. The CEO has gotten out there and said, that's the thing they care about. Game pass in a lot of ways was a response to that game pass was like the gaming group looking at like the corporate alignment um, of Microsoft and going, we have to come up with something that aligns us with the rest of the company or else we're this weird outlier uh, that doesn't have like a service like Xbox live gold is not, is not really the, the doesn't really fit the description that they're talking about here. We need to, we need a thing to make this work. And so Game Pass is a thing that I'm sure plays insanely well in that environment, in that meeting of, of what's Xbox doing to get on board with uh, Microsoft, a services company. And they're like, well, we got a service for you right fucking here, man. We're going to create the Netflix of motherfucking video games. And they go, oh, tell me more. You know, like, of course, like that's an easy pitch. And I think for a long time, it, it's, been a, it's been a great service. But again, with the stunted release cadence that Microsoft has had with its own releases. Uh, they're their own worst enemy on that. They don't, they don't have the games to keep people on board. And so, and, and, and I think they've gone out there and made all the game pass deals they can get. Uh, they could keep opening up that wallet, but they probably have a ton of data at this point now that says, Hey, when, when we, when we spend for, when we spend this amount of money to get a day one game pass launch, what does that do for us over, you know, what does that do for us 90 days out? What does that do for us 180 days out? What does that do for us in a year's time in terms of like, you know, those subscribers, what's the lifetime value of those subscribers and does it net out in a positive way for us to keep spending that money on those games? And then, you know, when they're in growth period, they're going to throw a bunch of money at it. They got the, they probably got the whole company on board. They're like, this is a great idea. The Netflix of video games, take all this money and go build it. That's a great Phil, you're a genius. Get out there. And they went out there and, and built Game Pass. Um but I think this many years in, we're starting to feel the the limits of Game Pass or the limits of Microsoft Studio system, you know? And some of that is still pandemic related, you know? Some of these games got delayed, some of these games got off track, some of these games, you know, there there's things that happened, you know, that are that are outside their control. But the market doesn't, you know, at the end of the day, the money is still the money. So if it ain't working, it ain't working. And you can only point to that and go give us time so many times. Um So I think that's what's broken about the Xbox business right now. And I don't think that necessarily is stuff that's going to show in every one of their numbers. Right. I think that again, on the, the heels of Starfield, they did see a, some kind of bump, but I think if they had seen the level of bump and it, it, it's, it, it's a case where growth has slowed. It has not stalled. It has not started going in the other direction, but it's probably a case where, you know, and this is something that I think Microsoft has done 
you know, the other business I think of is Windows Phone. Um, but when Microsoft kind of sits down and looks at the businesses that they're in and they look at the, the bets they're going to place for the next five years, um, I suspect the question that they ask a lot of the time is, are we going to be a leader in this category in five years time? Are we going to be, are we going to be the number one competitor in this market as a result of spending this money and over the over this this five year span or you know whatever whatever limits they want to to put on that you know there there's a certain amount of like okay we we expect to invest in this business and we expect to dominate in this business and they are not dominating in this business they're not. You know, just straight up. Um, and to you know delve into the 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 result, you know that's that's you could that's all stuff that starts at Don Matrick and goes forward, right? That, that all that stuff that starts again back with the day one announcement of the Xbox One and and you know the fumbling and bumbling that a lot of them have done for the years that followed that. Uh, and so it it is a case where I think a lot of people got dealt a bad hand. The problem is that none of that matters. You know, you can't go to your boss for 11 years and go, yeah, but we really got dealt a bad hand. Because at some point they're like, yeah, cool, man. It's cool that you've been able to build a, a credible third place console in a three console market. And like, it's cool that like people feel good about the brand and it's, it's, you know, and that probably actually does go a long way at Microsoft because there are a lot of brands at Microsoft that people don't feel good about, but still use. So with Xbox, at least there's like, you know, there's, there's fervor, there's passion around Xbox in a way that, you know, no one's fucking doing about windows. Maybe I am I'm like, yeah, man, windows. I like Windows. It's me, the Windows 11 defender. I like Windows 11, and I'm also here to prevent viruses from infecting your system. It's me, the Windows 11 defender. So, again, that fervor carries them a certain amount of way. Um, Game Pass has carried them pretty far. And again, I, this isn't, this is not me like looking at numbers and charts and saying, here's where it went wrong. Because I think all of this stuff is probably still making money. But clearly, an element inside the company, whether that was part of the gaming group or that whether that was someone on high, and there's kind of only one person on high at this point, and it's the CEO of the damn company. But someone probably had to look at the books and go, hey, man, like, where's this going? This is great that you're doing this, but like, where's what's. What's this doing in five years? Like we spent all this money building X cloud. Um, which, by the way, people are still complaining about having 10 minute waits for an X cloud session. Um, You know, hey, this this console, like we spent all this money making um, an amazing console. The Xbox Series X. I'm not saying that's not. I think the Xbox Series X is a hell of a fucking box, man. Like alongside the PlayStation 5, like it's right there. It, the, the differences between the two have never been more slight. But the, it's it's good. 
If you're looking for a $500 console, the Xbox is a solid fucking machine, man. So is the PS5. Like they did it. They they didn't they didn't repeat the mistakes of the Xbox One and make something that was underpowered or whatever. Like they like it's a fucking powerful thing. And they also had the foresight to go like, what if we made one that was less powerful and we could have like a lower cost entry level model? Imagine what this market would look like if they didn't have the Series S. How crazy that would be. Like it's if it's three to one Xbox, you know, PlayStation to Xbox. Like, what the fuck would this look like if they didn't have the S out there? It's wild, right? Um, but I'm, I'm guessing that that's, that's the thing. Is like, everyone's got to take a long look in the mirror at this point and look at where the business is right now today. And it's not on fire, per se. It's not like, it's not f- fucking disaster, you know, whatever. Like, you look at the numbers, you go like, we're, you know, hey, there's a lot of fucking Game Pass. In, in fact, that's, it kind of hinders what they could do going forward in a, in a sick way. But we'll get to that. Um, but I think they're at a point now, they've had a lot of years to write the ship. It is not right. Um, when it comes to software releases and, and, and everything else like there's just the, the Xbox story is still missing a handful of puzzle pieces and it has been for years. They've had a good long time to figure out like here's like, why, why does it, why are these games get delayed? Why do these games get announced and vanish? What's going on with this? What's going on? You know, this is like, like what the hell is going on here? Um, And they have to decide, like, is is this the strategy? Is, is what we're going with right now today, the Game Pass strategy, selling these consoles for this price and this, is this the landscape? Like, is, is this the pathway to greater success than what we're seeing right now? Is the thing we've been doing for the past few years that has gotten us into third place in the console market, is that likely to magically just manifest us into first place at some point? No. Okay. Is the corporate expectation that we are dominating a category? Probably. Or at least probably the idea is that they should be doing better than they are. If they're not meeting targets, if they're not growing as fast as they should be, or all that sort of stuff. At some point, the people outside the gaming group take a long look at it and go like, all right, what the fuck's going on here? What do we have to change? And the people, you know, running the games group have to take that same look in the mirror and go like, okay. We took our shot at this and this, this worked until it didn't, or this, this got us to this point, but it's not going to get us where we actually need to be. And that leads us to whatever is going to get announced next week. I think what they are probably looking at is a very straightforward delayed release schedule for putting Xbox games onto PlayStation and switch where it makes sense. Um, and going from there, I don't think it's necessarily day and date. I don't think it's a case of like, Hey, we're putting all these games out everywhere on day one. I think it's a case of like, okay, yeah, like we're going to do hi-fi rush. We're going to do, uh, we'll do the gears trilogy. We'll do, um, you know, the, the games that have been rumored make a lot of sense. We'll do Starfield. Starfield makes a ton of sense to do as a multi-platform game. Um, 
and just go like, hey, man, yeah, like if, if we can get people on a PlayStation to give us $70 for this the same way we got Steam users to give us $70 for this, why not? It's been months. It, 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 it will be like a year or so. Who knows how long it will be by the time they actually do that, right? Um, if, if they were, if, if, if next week they come out and say we're bringing Starfield to PlayStation, it's not going to be like, and it's out today. You know, it'll, it'll probably still take some time for them to get there. Even though the game was probably already in development on that console at some point. Um, and so I view that as not entirely unlike Sony's strategy when it comes to the PC. I'm like, hey man, you know, this number of months later, we're going to eventually port this to the PC uh, because for, for honestly similar reasons. Because games are not getting any cheaper to make, especially the big types of games that Sony is making. Through the Insomniac leak, you know, getting that view into the Spider-Man 2 budget and just realizing how fucking ridiculous that is and how many copies they need to sell in order just to fucking break even on it. Like, you look at that and go like, yeah, man, you should put it out on PC. Microsoft's already doing that. So, what do they do? Fuck it. Put it out on PlayStation. Now, I think word of mouth on Starfield is a little weird. It's positive to middling to negative, depending on who you ask. It's not a clear-cut, like, bang, you know, the same way Spider-Man 2 was. Um, so that's, you know, that's a little funky. See, if Thieves could always use more players, it's a big social game that relies on people to play it. So yes, put it out everywhere. It makes perfect sense. Hi-Fi Rush, small game, low risk, go for it. Gears of War is kind of a weird one, but it's a classic franchise. It's a weird throw. It's like, it's weird to say. Like at this point, Gears of War feels like a throwback. They'll announce a new one at some point and it will no longer feel like a throwback. But right now, that's just kind of the space that it's in. Um, I think that one's kind of the, the odd game out a little bit. Um, I think the idea of like, hey man, we're going to put out a Gears of War game on PlayStation. We're going to put out Gears 1, 2, and 3 in a package on PlayStation, like, is that a game that people like, here you go. It's some bare bones cover shooters for you. You haven't played anything like this. Did you play kill switch? No. Well, shit. Um, you're going to love these. I don't know. I like the gears games. I think they have, I think they have aged, uh, in a way that it's, it's a little harder to go back to them these days just because of other shooters that have come out and, and whatever else. Right. Um, and so I, I think the thing that they announce is that I think that the, 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 I think they probably announced the minimum and they probably don't go, you know, maybe they, maybe they keep it a little, uh, vague on what other games will come down the line. Uh, maybe they have one or two more that will be mildly surprising or something. I, I, I don't really know. Um, but sure, sure, man, they should do that fuck it I, i'd say hey it, well no nah. i was gonna say fuck it put redfall out on playstation while you're at it but the word of mouth on that has gotten so toxic put pentiment out on other platforms man put pentiment on the switch dog yo hey what if you put pentiment on the switch i bet people would dig that um 
so yeah that that's that's my if we if we got to make predictions and i think we're at the point now where we have to think about what you know because this is so so like i said bill spencer got out on twitter yesterday and said hey next week we'll have an announcement for you or next week we'll have a business update for you about the future of xbox and what we're doing over here i think given the rumors about games going multi-platform and which games the rumors have been about and looking at kind of where they're at and what their needs are as a business without cannibalizing their existing business too much. I think this is the, like the limp in strategy of like, Hey, yeah, we're going to put some games uh, elsewhere. Hey, MLB, the show comes to Xbox. Now, why wouldn't we do, you know, like, like whatever the, and I think that that ties right into their strategy. Um, or I think that that's how they will spin it. This is obviously an extreme situation. If we, if we take the long view on, on how these console businesses usually work, when you think about it and you know, this is something that the Xbox leadership has gone on record on multiple times. Their stated goal is to get as many people to play games as possible, as many people to play their games as possible. Starfield coming out. Boy, wouldn't it be great if all these people could play this game? Um, originally, a lot of that conversation was around the xCloud stuff and around like, oh, well, in the future, you maybe don't even need to own an Xbox because you could play it on PC or you could stream it on your phone or you could stream it directly on your television or you could stream it. But the streaming stuff is not really, you know, it's it's a it's a solid option, but it's not a mainstream one. Um, but that was what a lot of that conversation was about then. So I suspect that when it comes time for them to announce this stuff, that is how they just spin it as like, this is an ongoing part of our existing strategy. We want as many people to play these games as possible. And so as a result, we're putting, we're putting Starfield out onto these other platforms and they probably have the data at this point about how, how many people does that pissed off in a real way? You have people that are like philosophically pissed off and those people don't count because they have zero fucking skin in the game. Like if their thing is like, well, I'm on Twitter as an Xbox fan boy, like fuck off. It doesn't matter. The people that have skin in the game are the people that theoretically, if, if these people exist, they're the people that got rid of a PlayStation five. As soon as they heard that Starfield was only going to come to Xbox. Those are the people that will actually be like, oh, fuck. Um, but how many of those people exist? That's the big question. And I, I bet it's a small enough number that, you know, and it's not, it can't be zero. I'm sure someone had to have done that. But uh, I bet that that's a minority of people that at the end of the day, they're going to go, okay, we'll take the hit on that. You know, if this, if these 300 people are pissed because they sold their PlayStation to get a series X so they could play Starfield there, then eh, we'll take the hit on it. It'll be okay. Long-term it'll be fine. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's it. I, I really think that's all because if we think about it and, and some people are going so doom and gloom, they're like, Xbox is getting out of hardware and like, sure. I'm, you know, Hey, maybe there's some extreme version of this where they, are going to wind it down or something. But I, I think even if they were going to do that, I don't think they would announce that here. I think that would be something that they would uh, just not put out a next console or something, you know, it would just be like, Hey, yeah, that's 
you can keep streaming games but we've now we've got playstation 5s in our server racks i don't know uh that'd be fucking crazy um because they have game pass because they have uh because they do have a sizable subscription service and they have a large number of subscribers that they do not want to lose if they dwindle over time if they drain out over time because the strategy has changed they'll have to be okay with that eventually but they're not just going to go like we're turning off game pass that was one of the insane things i saw like you know it's been it's been a, a great if you're in the bad take business let me tell you it's been good eating out there on the internet. So there's some dumb motherfuckers out there. I saw some fucking guy that was like, I'm an, I'm, I'm a, not an Xbox fanboy anymore. Like, well, all right, knucklehead. And these people are adults too. It's not like, it's like, it's insane. It's like that. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll spend some more time on those fuck ups and maybe we won't. I don't know. They, they don't, they don't deserve that. They don't deserve your time. Um, but it was someone saying like, they should just cancel game pass and get back to selling exclusives. It's like, you stupid motherfucker. Like that's the, that is the seven year old strategy that already wasn't working. You dumb fuck. Like what the fuck is wrong with it? It just is like, it's crazy. These people live in a fantasy world. It's, it's fucking wild, dude. Anyway, go ahead and feast on some bad takes if you want. I, I don't know. Maybe, eh. All right, maybe we will talk about it later if we have time. Um, But anyway, they have Game Pass. They will want to preserve that as a service. They will want to continue offering that as a service because they are still bringing in way too much money on that to just walk away from it. So, So I think people that are going into this expecting like, a dreamcast level of fuck it dog we're out like fucking me on the toilet going what like you know like i i it's not that it can't it, it's it's like that would be um some baby with the bathwater type shit right there because the, the, the amount of money they would just be leaving on the table walking away from to do that i it just doesn't make any sense so Game Pass is the thing that matters to them most. It matters more to them than console sales, if you ask them. And that's part of why they feel okay shipping their games on PC. At the end of the day, they need to have a console because that's a primary conduit for a certain type of consumer. But also, they just seem to want people to subscribe to that service and play their games, period. Um, and everything else is, is gravy, baby. If people are buying the games at full price on Steam, they're like... Pfft, awesome dude sick that's like free money great man but yeah i would love to also sell a bunch of these at 70 dollars a piece to people who for whatever reason are not going to sign up for game Pass. like sure dude awesome and if they can extend that to the playstation and extend that to uh switch even if they don't do it on day one i'm sure there's an aspect of it or just like yeah stop being so precious about it the console war isn't real and I'm sure there are people internally that probably had to be convinced of this, like, hey, dumbass. Like, we're not in this business to compete with Sony. We're in this business to grow a business. Like, we're competing with fucking Netflix. We're competing with the WWE network in some territories. We're competing with fucking Butt Max and 
Paramount Plus and what you know, like all every other streaming service, every other subscription thing, every other we're competing with people going outside, we're competing with people going and seeing a movie, we're competing with people staring at their fucking phones for an hour and a half instead of playing one of our games. Like they're in competition with fucking Blue Sky. You know, they're they're like it's not about they've got to beat Sony. Like that's stupid. You have to be a fucking absolute dumbass to be fully hung up on that. And I'm sure that there's an aspect of it, you know, because like you know, over the years you hear, you know, for as much as everyone is kind of in the same business and they are it's the same trials and tribulations and they'll be friendly to each other in, in person and face and stuff. There are definitely people at Sony that love it when Microsoft fucks up and vice versa. There are people like, <laughs> Or when they like, they get a deal that they know that Sony was competing for. There's certainly an aspect of that where they go like, yeah, fuck them. But at the end of the day, it doesn't, none of that matters. There's the, the entertainment space. is just such a larger, crazier thing. Um, that the, the idea of like this very narrow focus about like, well, the other console, especially like when a lot of these people, try to just separate the switch out from the conversation. Like, well, Nintendo is its own thing. Like, yeah, I guess, but also it's, there are only 24 hours in a day. Are you going to spend it playing Starfield or are you going to spend it playing Super Mario wonder? Like that's a, that's a real and direct competitor. It's as direct as it fucking gets, man. Um, So like the the weird fanboy yeah like these these people have carved so many they've they've created so many goalposts and so many different things that they think of as what the console war the console business is and they just have zero fucking clue um and I'm sure that you know there again there there's probably some of that mentality that exists inside of these hardware manufacturers where you know when you bring up the idea of let's put our games on PlayStation I'm sure there are a handful of people just like what no um and I think that's a very ancient and nostalgic view at this point of a business that doesn't exist in the same way anymore. Even Microsoft has pivoted into, again, Game Pass and subscribers and all of this other stuff. They care about selling consoles. Of course they do. They would love to sell more consoles. Everyone would. But at the end of the day, they've been trying to build a business that is not fully reliant on that. And so putting their games out on PC is just part of that strategy and, and, and you know, whatever at the end of the day. Um, I look at it now as a situation of like, what happens next time out? What does the future of Xbox hardware look like? Do they go all in all over again on a custom box that is running their closed platform software? You know, I don't have a dev mode or whatever, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not. Like, like, like what is, what is that device? Do they go all in on a, a high end box for five, six, $700 that is again, running a closed OS and running closed and locking out peripherals and doing this and that. Um, or do they go a different way with it? So I think about the. This is where the the Windows conversation kind of comes back into focus a little bit. There's been reports out there saying that 
a new version of Windows is expected to be out this year. I'm not sure. No one seems to be sure. The 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 person who said that is like an OEM or something. Like it wasn't 100 percent sure if that was just a big feature update for Windows 11 or if that means Windows 12. Also, we know that stuff like the ROG Ally is out there. Stuff like the Lenovo Legion Go. And the user experience on those devices uh, sucks shit. Because Windows was not built to be a game machine that you are controlling with a touchscreen and a controller. And so around the time of around the time I returned that Asus uh, ROG ally for being garbage for uh, overheating to the point where it was pushing my SD card out of the slot because it was warping and heating up so much that it literally couldn't keep the card in the fucking slot. Great device. What an awesome device. Um, my other big problem with it is that the user experience was garbage. They had their own software thing called Armory Crate or whatever, and it's a terrible piece of shit. The Xbox app doesn't quite run the way you want it to. You know, you're you're having to navigate between two different control schemes and do, and doing all this different. It's a it's a bad experience, especially for someone who doesn't already use a PC and understand how that shit is supposed to work. So I can kind of fumble my way through it because I know if I had a mouse and keyboard, I would need to do this and do this and do this. And I can launch games and, and do what I need to do. But if you have no experience with a Windows PC and you're just buying this because you're like, it's a handheld video game machine, you're fucked. Microsoft realized that. And, and at the time they did say like, hey, yeah, um, we would love to have a, you know some updates to Windows that make this a smoother experience. So think about that. A version of Windows designed to run on a standalone gaming device um, that is still a version of Windows under the hood in a way that like you can still get to it, not meaning the way that an Xbox is technically Windows under the hood. Envision a scenario where they finally make a version of Windows that runs great on these handheld devices. And is great for launching games. And it's good, good, a good solid front end. And it can integrate, whether it's your Game Pass stuff, your Xbox library, your, your Xbox PC library. But the stuff that runs in the Xbox app in Windows 10 and 11. As well as you can launch Steam on it. And get into Steam's big picture mode. Or, or, or rather have them tie into Steam and pull in a list of games the way some of these other launchers do. So... What if you just built that into Windows directly? Like they said they kind of wanted to do for some of these handheld devices. Now what if you shipped a set-top box for the TV that did that as well? What if instead of the Xbox being a closed platform console device, what if the Xbox became that widespread brand of like, yes, this, this device is Xbox compliant. The Asus ROG Ally is, is, is Xbox compliant. The, the Phantom is, and the Phantom Lapboard are Xbox compliant devices that hook up to a TV. And what if instead of making a bunch of dedicated devices that were these same closed platforms, they just went back in, all in on PC and just did what they could to expand the definition of PC 
to also include an easy device that you could hook up. Put it onto your TV. Upgrade it if you want to. And go that way with it. And then at the same time, that's when you also get into the idea of like, hey, we're also going to sell a fucking streaming stick or a puck or a box or whatever. Here's our Xbox TV. It's like an Apple TV, except you can play xCloud games on it. Um, and also, hey, maybe it, you know, maybe it could run some stuff natively. If it is a PC under the hood, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe it runs indie games out of game pass just fine. So what if we got to that place and that's how they maintain game pass and that's how they, they keep their existing ecosystem in place without having to just like re-enter the console race as it were and have to like be like oh here's this device that's not just a pc even though under the hood it's a lot of the same fucking parts we have to support it separately developers have to support it separately it's you know developers are already doing a pc version but they also have to cert for xbox and they have to do all this and that like what if they just simplified what they thought of as their hardware offering and instead said like, yeah, man, I don't know. These things are running Windows 12. And uh, you can hook them up wherever the fuck you want. Because you can take a Steam Deck right now and, you know, you can take an Asus, you know, like all these devices, you could plug them into a TV right now and play them that way if you want. So what if they just made some of those with no screens and they made some of them at low end as low end models and some of them as high end models for people that want to fucking go bananas and hopefully you get some OEMs excited to make some of this hardware as well so that you're not making it all yourself. Um, and maybe you kind of reinvigorate a sector a little bit and maybe that's how the handheld PC market, the kind of Steam Deck end of the market grows over time as it becomes something significantly weirder and bigger. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just like, that's just, I, that's just me thinking about how do you integrate or that that's just me thinking, how do you keep game pass around in a world where your games are going to all these other platforms and all this other stuff? How do you create a 10 year, 20 year ecosystem or, you know, like five, almost five, fuck it. That eventually gets us to where like, okay, game pass is secure. Game pass is still a thing. Game pass is, is a still a, a viable, subscription service that still brings in quite a lot of money for us because they don't want to throw that away and they'd rather not have it dwindle out over the next five to 10 years as a result of them not supporting it. So this is a way that gets them to do that without also having to then just go engineer a full on separate platform and then get the industry to support it and reenter that they reenter all of those ugly conversations all over again about how come there's no Japanese support? Like, there's better support for Japanese games on fucking Windows than there is on the Xbox. Why is that? It's crazy. Just integrate it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it, man. All the things you thought of as the console business, throw it away. The vagaries of of this console, this this three three consoles in the marketplace, like blah blah blah. Like you did it, and the Xbox Series X, as powerful as it is. Is the TurboGrafx 16 of its era? Third place, baby. You got to change it up more dramatically than that. It's going to take more than just like we're putting some of our games on PlayStation 5 six months after release. 
to really reshape that business long term is what I'm saying. Um, I think that's all I really have to say about it. But there's no reason why Microsoft couldn't be better supporting the kind of Steam, the the handheld PC, the handheld gaming PC more directly. And that couldn't also lead to something resembling a renaissance of the like set top box PC thing. Um, but I don't think any of that, I, I think that those are further decisions that they'll have to make as the, as they, as they re-enter you know, whatever they do for the next console. And who knows, maybe instead they'll cut and run on Xbox Series X and try to launch early with another Xbox that's even more power, you know, like like instead of doing the half-step console of the PS5 Pro or the Xbox One X, the Scorpio or whatever, maybe they just go like, oh, fuck it, dude. It worked when we, it worked for the Xbox 360. Let's try that again. I, I don't think, I don't think that makes a lot of sense. I don't think that there are, I don't think the parts are out there to, make that console for the right price right now. Will Phil Spencer step down? I don't think so. He's alluded, he's alluded to it that if, you know, Hey, if the business doesn't, that if he's not the guy that's leading the business into the future at some point, you know, at some point they will tap him on the shoulder and be like, let's go, man. Um, I think he's got a really good mind for where things are. Like when you, when, again, when we dig into some of these emails that were part of these court cases, when we look at, um, where a lot of this stuff is, I think he's got a really, I think he's got a really good head on his shoulders and he doesn't seem blind to the realities of the situation. So, um, you know, for, for whatever that's worth, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to stop just short of saying he's the right guy for the job because at the end of the day, there's a lot of stuff about his style that I don't know anything about, but I, I do think that, you know, he at the bare minimum, um, fully understands, uh, that situation and has for a good long time when we kind of look at the, the, the leaked emails and some of the, the frank conversations he's been a part of whether it's in those emails or, or in some, some more recent interviews. Um, it seems like he gets it. And by it, I mean the increasingly weird situation that that business finds itself in. Um, all that said, you know, like if we, if we really want to talk about the competitive players in the console space, like I don't, I don't think that Sony has figured out some magic formula. Like this isn't a case of like Xbox fumbled it, but Sony, they know what's up. Instead, Sony feels like it's like, all right, don't change anything. Just everyone hold on real tight. And some live service games. Can we add those in on top of our first person, third person action adventure 
sad dude games? Can we like that's the move they've made, right? They're uh, recently is you know, they they acquired Bungie, which is going great, and they said they wanted a bunch of live service games, and now they're that seems like a bad that seems like a bad idea that gets worse all the time. I guess I would say. However, they're doing on it, set aside. Um, and so I think the 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 Sony situation is more like at some point this market does continue to change and turn and twist, and the the desires of the mainstream player change with that, and uh, their budgets are not getting. Well, maybe they are. Maybe they'll find a way to make them smaller. That was some of the Insomniac stuff was around like, hey, what if we just had fewer cutscenes? Could we save money there? Could we do, you know, some ways to kind of rein in some of the cost on some of their bigger budget games? Um, But at times it feels like their strategy is just like everybody just sit still and hope no one notices. And we'll we'll have some forays into some different fields here. Also, could we shut down every studio that made classic games for us that were good back years ago? Could we get out of those bits? Could we just like, yeah, find find anyone who ever worked on a Wipeout game and get them the fuck out of here? <laughs> it's like, it's like that seems like the Sony strategy. Um, but also a lot of their games stayed on track and released, which putting out big games that people like that's a that's a good strategy. Turns out, is it the best strategy? Eh. You could argue that there are maybe better ways to make money in video games. I don't know. I don't know. They still, you know, they they still went ahead and launched a VR headset, which I, that doesn't seem like a fantastic idea, but but it fits right in with the strategy of just like don't change nothing. Did we do that last time? Do get on the phone with the VR. Tell him yes. But no one's making games like that. Just yeah, it'll yeah. Um. Yeah, man. It's just it's it's fucking weird, man. The other thing, the, the other problem you end up with, um, you know, if if Microsoft gets out of the hardware business, which you know, again, that's not. I don't think anyone's sane is saying that, but it is something that people are tossing around because there's a certain sky is falling mentality around a lot of this stuff. You know, Microsoft still takes like, it, it, they still take a 30% cut of every third party game that sells on their platform, right? They're not going to want to not do that. Maybe they take a smaller cut in our, in our scenario where they're just selling PCs that live under a TV or something like that. Maybe that, maybe that changes the game a little bit, but um, you know, a thirty percent. Yeah, do how how many copies of those games selling? What's thirty percent of of those low numbers compared to the, the same thirty percent that people are spending on PlayStation platforms or whatever? It's you know, it's kind of maybe that's something that they would be a little more willing to walk away from compared to the the amount of money they make on game pass and the amount of money they made on Xbox live gold. And however, that's all wrapped together. Now I can, I know they combined services at some point. I never wrapped my head around what that was game pass core or whatever the hell it is. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know. The the Sony strategy just seems to just like batten down the hatches and hope for the best. And that's been working out pretty well for him this time around. Um, but you know, when, when it comes time for them to re-up too, when it comes time for a PlayStation 6, meaning not just a half-step console or, or whatever else, like what does that even look like? What does this market look like by then? This is just a, a weird thing. And other people, yeah, there's been some people that have been like, well, what if they put Game Pass on PlayStation? What if Microsoft could put Game Pass on PlayStation? Like yeah, some of those games are already on PlayStation Plus's tiered service. So if I'm Sony, I am going to say no thank you <laughs> to the idea of Game Pass existing on their platform and be like, "Oh, okay, you have like a lot of the same games. Suddenly we're competing uh with our own console when it comes to these streaming deals and suddenly microsoft is like undercutting us on some of these third-party games and putting them on their service instead of ours like i could see a version of it that only includes first-party xbox releases or something like that that because that's more aligned with what ea sells and I guess what Ubisoft sells, though, you know, EA has at times had third-party games on their service, on their storefront anyway, not maybe not their service, but Ubisoft is going to have streaming Activision games at some point here, too. Um, yeah, I don't know. A lot of, a lot of ins and outs on this one, but in terms of what they're going to do short-term, I have to imagine that they are just going to kind of confirm some of these rumors. Maybe not all of these games are immediately coming places or whatever, but they, they probably get out there and lay out a general structure for, you know, and again, I think hi-fi rush is the perfect kind of prototype game for this. They're going to get out there. They're going to say like, yeah, hi-fi rush is coming to switch and it's coming to PlayStation. And in the future, other games will do, you know, like we will on a case by case basis, we will consider bringing other games to these other platforms uh, down the line. And uh, yeah, those are going to be coming months and months later after release. And so, hey, fuck it, dog. You want to play Hi-Fi Rush on a Switch? You can. Thanks for watching. Like maybe they don't even get into, I don't know, you know, maybe their plans are changing, right? I mean. As these different titles leak, I think the 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 pressure is on them to say something significant, right? So if they were to just get out there and say, yes, we're going to do this, and the only game we're confirming today is Hi-Fi Rush, that's probably not enough. So if they're going to do Starfield, they should say it. Um, and if they intend to do any other first-party games, they should probably at least throw one of those out there at this time. Like if that was Gears, if that was, but actually Sea of Thieves is probably the game to do that with again, because it's a social game that benefits from a lot of players. It's years old at this point. So like, you know, so maybe it's just a high, like, Hey, Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves are coming to, to other platforms. Shaka. And then people are like, what about Indiana Jones? And they're like, uh, Shaka gotta go. Um, Indiana Jones, uh, yeah, that was another game that came up as like, what if Indiana Jones came to PlayStation? Um, 
Disney would love that for the same reason that MLB loves it, that their baseball game is finally coming to all platforms now. And they, they, I believe they forced Sony's hand on that and said, no, this is, we, we want this game to exist on all platforms. And then they went and cut the game pass deal. Like MLB was just like, yeah, fuck you guys. (laughs) Like, come on. Um, like it's, 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 it's awkward that baseball only comes out on PlayStation because, and because you're the exclusive licensee, we can't exactly go do a deal with 2k to get their baseball game out on Xbox and whatever else. So fucking come on. So it just went, went that way. But I mean, you know, like when, for an IP licensed game, like an Indiana Jones, I mean, Disney's not going to say no, they're going to be like, yeah, we would love, yeah, fuck dude. We, yes. Like whatever we had to renegotiate to make it Xbox only, we would love to undo that because we would rather have it sell more copies because that's more money for us. Disney. Uh, there's a question here from audio. Andy J says a bit late, but don't you feel that this would cannibalize existing Xbox hardware sales to the point that any sales made on PlayStation five software wouldn't offset the loss in sales of Xbox hardware. I think that Xbox hardware is already not selling at the rate that they want it to. So at this point, I'm going to guess that the math they're doing or the bet they're going to place is we bet that we can put these games out again, not day one, nine months later, six months later, whatever it is, these games will come to PlayStation. These games will come to switch or whatever console Nintendo was pushing at that point. And they will sell them there, you know, and, and that'll be that same way. Sony handles their PC releases, I think is, is probably a very sane and defensible way for them to do it without it stirring up more stuff than it has to, excuse me. Um, and I think that if we look at a lot of the players that want to play games at release and want to play them day one, like, you know, the, the Microsoft pitch is still, yeah, you should buy an Xbox because then you can just subscribe to Game Pass and get all these games as a part of your subscription. Or I guess pay $70 for it on a PlayStation, you stupid ass. Um, With like the wink and nod of like, actually, we would love for more people to pay $70 for these games. That would be fantastic. Wouldn't that be cool if people also bought a bunch of these games instead of just doing it on game pass, they would love to have it both ways. This is a way for them to have it both ways. And if it happens late enough after the initial release on Xbox, I don't think it touches their console sales in a meaningful way. Um, and I don't think that they're selling consoles at the rate that they want to be anyway. So at this point I look at it as like, there's probably an element internally there that was saying like, Hey man, like, okay, what are we going to do? Okay, if we're not going to do this, if we're not going to go get this kind of like, you know, free money on these other platforms, what are we going to do to sell more consoles then? What are we doing there? What do we, we have to improve something. What is it? How do we get more people to buy an Xbox? Is it ship games? Because that's what we've been trying to do and that has not been working out. So we need to squeeze more out of our existing games. And that, that seems like a sane position for them to be in. I I guess I would say, um, we don't know when this is going to happen. 
Um, but they did say that they would have something to say next week. And so we'll see when, when that is. It's probably not Valentine's Day. I don't think they would do that, but, um, my guess is that they won't do Wednesday. Have a heart, you assholes. Don't, don't have your thing on fucking Valentine's Day, you dicks. Um, do it Monday. Get it out of the way early in the week. Um, and we'll see. Here's the, yeah, here's another question out of the chat. Starfield was supposedly the highest selling launch game for Bethesda. 11 million players played it. What more do you feel Xbox could have done? I, uh... I think it ends up a lot of that ends up funneling back into like what did it do for Game Pass and what is the long term and that that's we we know that they touted some Game Pass numbers around launch but how many of those people stuck around is Game Pass like it it, it seems like the yeah like 11 million players is different from selling 11 million copies that's 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 the yes that is the actual answer um and how much money did they get out of those people that signed up for Game Pass? Did they sign up for a month, finish Starfield, and then bounce? Or did they retain? How many months does someone need to be a Game Pass subscriber before Microsoft goes, hell yeah, like this is now positive? Is it, as soon as they spend over $70, as soon as they spend more than one game's worth of money on subscription? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, like what do they want their average like lifetime value of a sub to be their LTV. What is your LTV as an individual, as a person, as a human? Um, so yeah, I, well, you know, with, with, with that in mind, you know, it, it's, it just comes down to just like they expect, they have expected these games to do, uh, to to grow the Game Pass number, and as we've seen from some of their earnings reports, like that number is in some cases growing, or you know, they're like they're you know, like, well, they did like you know a slight percentage better than they did before. It's one of those things where like coming out of the earnings call, you look at it and you go like that sounds pretty good, and then like you hear like oh, but they expected way more. Like yes, like the numbers are all headed in the right direction, but not at the rate that they've been predicting not at the rate that they've been hoping for and, and it's not growing the way that that it seems to have to in order for it to work long term so i you know i don't know i'm, I'm kind of i'm piecing all this shit together kind of same way you are um with the benefit of a handful of things here and there that i've picked up over the years um so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where we go from. I, but I'm I'm pretty sure where we go from here is a very minor seeming announcement, considering how fucking ridiculous everyone is behaving about this stuff. Um. And uh, we end up with a a few games making their way to PlayStation and to Switch, and that that ends up slowly becoming more and more of a new normal for them, with you know increasingly large releases of just like okay. Because again, I'll, I'll say it again. It, it probably bears repeating. 
In a world where Call of Duty and Minecraft are already multi-platform games, who cares about any of the rest of this stuff? The two biggest games that they've got, the two biggest franchises they've got right now, unless I'm forgetting something, are already everywhere. And so if you're not holding those games back, are you really going to get all scrunched up and mad about the notion that a, you might be able to play Fable with a PlayStation controller? Who fucking cares? Speaking of PlayStation controllers, Sony also announced some stuff last week. They had a state of play video. There's a video of me watching that up on YouTube if you want to watch that thing. Uh, with me watching that thing. I don't remember anything that happened on that video except for Hideo Kojima's portion of the program. If that tells you anything. That's not to say that there was nothing there as I scroll through the list here. Stellar Blade was shown. That's Shift Up's game. Um, that has been, gosh. I got announced a very long time ago. Character action game. Um, formerly known as Project Eve, according to this Polygon article. Um, it looks like near Automata, but without the coolness, like or a different type of coolness, a very <sighs> without being weird and art, like without arts with different art with like a yeah like a k-pop like a little hornier like a like a not like no uh, not hornier because that near is ah <laughs> um a more generic anime style i suppose i might say like i'm yeah like trying to codify the differences here i that's not me saying it looks bad i think that game looks cool um there's just there's a desire to sneer at it. It's it's like it's like bro step. It's like when people derisively call a flavor of dubstep bro step to imply that it is just middle of the road in a way. Or generic or mainstream. Well, like near is out there, man. Stellar Blade is not. That make any sense? The right people will understand that. Um, I think it looks kind of neat. I don't know. Um, they're gonna re-release Sonic Generations, which is disgusting. That's a, there's a some of this is a sickness out there. I know I vowed to support Sonic in in the year two K uh, once upon a time, but I will never, never. Uh, they're adding shadow to it. They showed a bunch of shadow, the hedgehog in it, but he didn't have guns. They just like Photoshop out the guns and put walkie talkies in their place. Is this, is it just an ET? Is it just like, um, they showed some silent Hill too, which I didn't think looked great. They showed a little bit of uh, something called silent Hill, the short message, which also was immediately released and it looks like them desperately attempting to recapture the fervor that surrounded PT by releasing a free, a free playable teaser of a Silent Hill thing 
Um, and people seem to enjoy short message, but I don't know. I've, people have been all over the place on it. I don't know. Judas was shown. I don't mean the Chris Jericho song, though they should put that in this game. It's Ken Levine's project over at uh, Ghost Story Games. Judas looks a lot like a Bioshock game. It looks a lot like a game where you've got like a weapon over here and then you've got hand powers over here. So you're doing some of this and then a little bit of this and then a little bit of pew, pew, pew with the gun and then a little bit of wow, wow, wow with your hands. Um, And it's, it feels like in some ways it is like, I don't know, doubling down on the stuff that people came to really not like about Bioshock Infinite of them, them just going like, no, because this is how I feel politically. So I've got to keep making this game. If I don't, who will? I, it's, it's a really, yeah. Um, not, not a lot of Bioshock style games coming out these days. Um, and, uh, and so I, I, I think it's kind of neat that there's another one of those and uh, I, hopefully there's a lighthouse in it somewhere. I don't know. As always, I'm mean, supposed to, right? A VR Metro game is coming out. I, <laughs> uh, Dragon's Dogma 2 was briefly shown. That's how March 22nd. It's crazy. That's like right around the corner. That's great news. Uh, Rise of the Ronin from Team Ninja continues to look all right. And uh, and then they showed a bunch of Death Stranding 2 and gave it its subtitle, which leaked a little while ago, a couple weeks ago, I guess. Um, Death Stranding 2 colon on the beach. Which I can only say in the voice of Neo Turf Masters saying on the green. On the beach. <sighs> Um, it looks like a bunch of beautiful gibberish and a bunch of weird, dumb nonsense. And, um, Sam Porter Bridges going to join an organization called Drawbridge, and then they're going to go to Mexico and expand the chiral network in there. And and then it's like, should we have connected at all? Like, oh my God, you're right. The internet is destroying us. What an amazing um there's a uh, marionette that moves in stop motion frame rate that hangs off of sam's hip fuck it i'm i'm in i will at least try this game out as someone who did not like the first game i am happy to try it because boy does it look ridiculous and then, yes, a man with a guitar fights a, a, with, and a Joker smile then goes and uh, he has a guitar that's also an axe, but also is an axe. Get it? It works in layers. <coughs> and when it boils down to you mostly holding down both triggers and carrying packages from place to place, that'll be funny. Um... They also announced a new game from Hideo Kojima. Um, 
and it's it's going to be uh, a an espionage action game. So basically, they've got him working on Death Stranding, which is his own ridiculous new thing. Uh, OD for Xbox, which seems like it's, you know, maybe a horror game that is, you know, him trying to get his Silent Hill yayas out, I guess. Even though he was not the Silent Hill guy back in the day. I don't know. And now they're making a thing that is designed to be the successor to Metal Gear, but without the name Metal Gear in it. Yeah, they should go get. Yeah, they should. This should be a siphon filter game by the time it comes out. I want Hideo Kojima up in front of people talking about how Gabe Logan has changed. It is called Fizz Int currently. That is probably not the final title. Um, you know, physical intelligence, much like Sig Int is signal intelligence and all of that sort of stuff. Um, this is also said to be a movie that uh, Sony is investing in. So. I say go with God, everyone. That is actually the most exciting thing that I think I've heard of. And, and, and you know, and I'm someone who has maybe been a little uh, on the fence about some of these Metal Gear games over the years for sure. But I think the idea of him returning to the action espionage genre is what they're building it as. Um, I'm happy to see it. I will, I would, I will love, I, I will be very interested to see what that looks like. The idea of Hideo Kojima returning to a Metal Gear-esque setting, but being unable to use the concepts of Metal Gear and the IP of Metal Gear. What does that look like if he was unchained from this, all this legacy of this IP of solid and liquid and all of that shit? What would he make? I, I'm really interested to see what the fuck that is. Um, and if it ends up being just like, oh yeah, I don't know, we've got a different nuclear robot now. I don't know. Like if, if it just ends up like fully duplicating, uh, like you know, here's a lot of stuff that is Metal Gear without the name. I think that would be hilarious. But if it's something wildly different that is still kind of in that same genre, I think that would be interesting to see as well. Um. You know, like what? Yeah, uh, transceiver conversations. Yeah, you know. I, I, anyway, I uh, I very much want to see that when that is ready to be shown. I think that's intriguing, just to see, like, hey, freed from the legacy of Metal Gear, what will you make? And will it just fall into the same tropes and traps and everything narratively that Metal Gear fell into, or will it be a different thing? Well, yeah, will it integrate FMV because of its ties to a movie? Like, it's, you know, if it's going to be this kind of, you know, multimedia release that will also be a film of some kind, um, what does that mean? And does he make any movie, any games after this? Or once he's got a movie credit, if that movie does well, does he fully make the switch and just go like, all right, man, finally did it. We just make movies now. Fuck off. I think that would probably be the best thing for him um, at, at this stage in the game. I would love to see him just get into making wild films. Um, 
at the end of that they also said that they were going to have something this week dedicated to the final fantasy uh the next the next chapter of the final fantasy remake um which is which is i guess due out here relatively soonish um Oh, let's see. Reuters is reporting that Tencent has been working on a mobile version of Elden Ring. And that it's not going well. Uh, The story here is that they've been working to adapt Elden Ring into a mobile game. Three people familiar with the matter said as it searches for a new hit to refresh its aging stock of games. Yeah, I guess, you know, Tencent kind of not not finding not finding what's next here. Uh, They acquired the licensing rights in 2022 uh, and says that they set up a team of a few dozen people to work on a prototype. uh, But progress has been slow. They also it, it it kind of also reminds you that they they cut a near a, a project based on near back in December over monetization concerns. So I don't know if there's you know maybe they're finding a hard way. Basically, yeah, this 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 sentence says it all from the people who I guess are the the sources for this. While Elden Ring was designed as a premium game with a set price tag, Tencent wants to make it a free to play game with in app purchases. Similar to the hit game Genshin Impact, developed by its Chinese rival MiHoYo, the people said. So I think the, the something about the idea of getting Elden Ring and saying let's turn it into a Genshin Impact is like the most businessman suit sentence that you could ever say. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, it's just that that seems ridiculous. Uh, but I also understand, I guess, why they would potentially try to do that. I don't know. Um, urgency for Tencent to find a new hit is growing, with its chairman saying that its gaming business was under threat. While Tencent's past hits, such as PUBG Mobile, continue to deliver strong revenue, more recent products have fallen short of expectations. So, yeah. Tencent's been well. I don't know, Tencent's been shutting stuff down for a while now. I guess, man, fuck. Um, PDP has decided it's time to get back into the uh, you know time to get into the plastic guitar controller business. There's never been a better time to be selling Rock Band controllers than announcing it one week after the end of Rock Band Four DLC. Uh, the Riffmaster guitar will be out in the springtime. Uh, Video Games Chronicle reports that uh, it will be compatible with Rock Band 4. It will. Uh, there will be two versions, one that works with PS4 and PS5, and one that works with Xbox Series X and Xbox One, because accessory licensing still fucking sucks. So they have to issue two versions of it, which, uh, yeah. Ugh. It will work with Rock Band 4, and it is also being said that it will work with Fortnite Festival when Fortnite Festival adds proper support for guitars. Um, looks like IGN got hands-on with it, and they're saying that it has up to 36 hours of battery life on a single charge, and it folds up real nice. There was a leak of this that, fold, that someone, you know, the PDP had a folding guitar or something like that, so... Um, 
but yeah, this is uh, it's it's interesting timing to announce this the week after Rock Band Four DLC goes away. I don't know, but uh, but uh, you know, it's largely built for people that are playing Fortnite Festival. So I don't, you know, which I have not heard a lot of people talking about since it got released. I know at the at the outset people were psyched about it, and now I feel like the only the only stuff I see about music in Fortnite now is people using the music as taunts inside of the battle royale and not actually playing Fortnite festival much, but, uh, I don't know, man. Um, gamedeveloper.com is reporting that square is reviewing its production pipeline, uh, as a way to counter sputtering sales. This, I guess, is originally a Japanese report out of Bloomberg uh, that they're that it is kind of a pivot that they're hoping to revitalize its game business. Uh, Takashi Kiryu, who's the the president and representative director of Square Enix, is suggesting that they will become less reliant on outsourcing studios and focus on producing large scale titles internally. But they focus on improving the quality of its releases and driving profit. That kind of sounds like the exact opposite of them going, well, maybe not. I was going to say, the idea of like, hey, let's, instead of making bad games, let's make good games. I think that's a great plan. Especially for a company that has been wasting a bunch of time talking about fucking NFTs and AI and all this other horse shit for the past couple of years. Uh, What if instead they stopped wasting a bunch of time pulling their goddamn puds about all this blockchain bullshit? And just got make got back to making some video games that people might actually want to play. Bold. Uh, multiple people who attended the conference call told Bloomberg that Square wants to implement its new system in April and will bake additional procedures into its workflow to better assess the quality of projects at an earlier stage. So maybe that means they'll kill stuff earlier in the process before they've wasted a bunch of money on a game they know is not going to hit. Um... I guess this is what happens when you sell off all your Western studios, right? Square has no one left to blame when the numbers are down. Uh, they say it was a weak performance of their existing games within its smart devices and PC browser subsegment and waning sales in the MMO game subsegment negatively impacting their results. So I guess as maybe is, 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 are the Final Fantasy MMOs now the games that they will point to every month and go, we were doing fine until those guys dragged it down. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Net sales within the company's HD game subsegment increased thanks to the release of titles like Final Fantasy 16, Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster, and Dragon Quest Monsters the Dark Prince. So, um, so I don't know. Seems like they're trying to streamline their process for making those games so that they can make them more profitably. Because, you know, Final Fantasy sometimes is... Not the most efficient production process from the sounds of things. So I guess that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. And that's going to do it for the news. Whew. It's a while. It's a, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a crazy time in video games. I'm very tired. <laughs> But, you know, like we, to put it all into, I don't know, 
this feels all of this Xbox stuff, but really the, um, I look at it as, you know, that article we were talking about from gamesindustry.biz a couple of weeks ago where they had sources saying like, oh yeah, it's going to be about two years of pain in the video game industry because a lot of companies overextended themselves or maybe, you know, placed some bad bets or whatever. And, and they've got to, you know, but, but that underneath it all, the game industry is built on sound fundamentals. And basically saying, like, you know, for as much as the next couple couple of years will be probably continuing to be pretty fucked. And that extends to, you know, in a lot of different ways, right? When it comes to developers trying to find funding for their games. Um, and, and so on and so forth. That's going to have a knock-on effect. Like, if, if we've got two bad years ahead of us, that's something that probably impacts the next four or five. So, you know, you'd almost wonder about this Xbox stuff. They're not beholden to this on a long-term basis. Like, there's nothing stopping them. Like, like the, the other option that we didn't really get into, because I think it's a bit of a long shot, and I don't think it makes a ton of sense with where the, the just the industry is headed, generally speaking, there is still a scenario where if things come out the other end of this strong that Microsoft says, all right, we're going to reinvest. Like this is the right time to do it. We're going to, we've, you know, we've got the right hardware. We've got the right, this, we've got the right, that here is our next console. And all of our shit is going exclusive again. You know, um, there's certainly a, a potential for something like that to happen down the line if they felt that I guess that's that's my way of saying like none of this is set in stone even when they announce stuff next week about making stuff multi-platform it doesn't mean that they don't you know if, if the time if things line up in such a way that it makes sense for them to take another crack at it as just a standard here's the console business as it has been and and, and to go back that way like maybe they take a shot at it again I don't know I don't think that makes a ton of sense, but you know, maybe there's room for it if, and depending on what Sony decides to do. Um, I was going to say, or maybe there's another player, uh, another player coming in, but I, 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 you know, if Amazon was going to do it, they would have done it by now. Google shot their shot. I mean, Amazon did eventually ship the Luna, but Amazon has had multiple. There's been multiple moments in Amazon's history where they have been just about ready to get into the game business in a big way. And then they've been like, actually, wait, no. <laughs> um, and now, you know, they're, they're, they're publishing some stuff. They'll, they'll publish this Tomb Raider game that, that Crystal Dynamics is working on. But, uh, but uh, you know, they they ended up just putting out Luna and saying like, yeah, man, here you go. And then, yeah, they've got their publishing business and you know, some of that has been dreadful. Remember that they did that, they did that game based on, they did that driving game last generation, that fucking driving game for, um, whatever the, uh, the, the TV show, the different, not the, what the fuck is the name of it? TV show with all the British dudes where they were all fucking horrible assholes and then they started the Grand Tour. That was the one they went to go, yes, yes, Top Gear. 
the Top Gear guys that went to go do the Grand Tour. They put out a game around that that was supposed to tie into the episodes of the show. And I remember getting my hands on that game and being like, this is the fucking, this is a terrible driving game. Holy smokes, this game is shit. This is, is, like compared to other driving games, you know, like on its own, it's like whatever, but um, disturbingly bad. And so the idea of like, here's Amazon shipping video games and this is what you got is this grand tour game. And you're like, this is, Holy shit, man. Crazy. Um, but you know, who else, who else would be a big enough player to enter this space and, and really, and really go at it? You know, I don't know. It's yeah. You know, someone in chat says valve. And so when, you know, when I'm talking about the, the potential, like what if Xbox just became literally a PC instead of, instead of PC parts running a closed off OS, um, there's no reason why valve couldn't take the exact thing they're making and ship it without a screen and just have it plug into a television. Right. I mean, if they wanted to make that device, I mean, you could probably make that device right now, right? Like you could probably either gut a real steam deck or you could just, you know, like they when when they were showing the Steam Deck off to developers, they said, "Here's the hardware, here's the PC hardware and the version of Linux we think you should use if you want to test your games about what uh about what the Steam Deck is going to be." And so you could just take that configuration, build it, put Linux on it and build your own, I guess. But you know, yeah, what you know, what if what if Valve put out a a couple of different devices and just like brought back the steam machine, you know, or partnered with people to do the steam machine. They could. Yeah. Why should they? I, yeah, it's, it's a good question. Like what, you know, why, why would valve do it? I don't know. Cause I, why would they do the steam deck? They did it. It's cool as fuck. Um, And if the console, you know, like, uh, why would they do it? I, I think the answer to that is because once they once they get their own kind of flavor of Linux running on their own specific type of hardware, and once they do the Steam OS thing, and, and once they get there on the Steam Deck like they have, now that they're there, the reason consoles exist in the first place is because there are people that don't want to have to fiddle with shit. They want an easy experience of turning on a thing, pushing a button, and playing a game. And Valve already has that. They have all of those pieces in place. There are some games it won't play because of the anti-cheat stuff, obviously, but like Valve already made that. And so if they made it in a console, I think that that would be attractive to some people. It'd be like, hey, what if you could play all these demos and... And all the Steam sales that happen all the time, what if you could have a device that, what if you just had a device that just did that and connected to Steam and, uh, and you had another console? Like, yeah, you know, they could do it. Is it a big enough market to bother doing it? I don't know. I mean, how many Steam decks have they sold? Four million maybe? It's not a big enough market right now, but that's, that's, you know, when I talk about like, what if the future of Xbox also in enveloped the future of all of these, I mean, not the steam deck, but like the, 
you know, your, your Asus ROG allies and, and, you know, like that type of portable PC and all of that just became part of the Xbox ecosystem as a result of windows, just getting better about running on devices like that. Hey, that's a way you could do it. Is it the most cost effective way? I, you know, I don't know. Um, But I think that would be neat. I think that would be an interesting future for the Xbox brand that would also let them, you know, continue to offer Game Pass as a service. And and it would even unify it in a way where they wouldn't have to have separate Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass. They could just say, fuck it, there's one Game Pass. Because they're all PCs now. Except for the part where they presumably have to support the Xbox Series X for a lot of years. Um, I don't know. Why don't we get into some emails? Podcast at guard.bike is the email address. Send in some damn emails. I'll read them. We'll talk about them. We'll see what's up. You know, maybe maybe my next week's show will be on the other side of the Microsoft announcement if they do it Monday or something like that, or if they do it Tuesday, I don't know. But you know, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll have that to talk about, or maybe we'll just have another week of weird rumors because they'll do it Thursday or something. I don't know. We'll find out. It's exciting. It's weird. Um, but I think the end result, like I said, I, I, you know, for all the people that are just like, this is the end of Xbox. Um, don't listen to anyone that is saying that because they are scary fanboy weirdos who have built an entire persona and like they're, it's basically a grift at that point. Right. They're just like, my entire identity is wrapped up in me telling you that the Xbox is sick and everyone on the Xbox leadership team follows me which enabled me to continue to be a fucking creep about this stuff. Let's have memes. Like it's, it's, it's a, not a healthy, not a healthy situation. Um, anyway, don't listen to anyone that, that fucking tries to tell you that this shit is over. Cause it's, it's at the end of the day. Microsoft will always have some kind of gaming business. They did before the Xbox. They will after. A lot of emails have come in so far this morning. So, oh, geez. Just the title on this one frightens me. Joe in Seattle writes in with a link to the Phil Spencer tweet about the business update event. And says that uh, the, announcing the business update event is by itself super weird, a public facing business presentation. But anyway, folks seem to be presuming this announcement will be about Xbox going multi-platform with some games or something. The replies are genuinely fascinating. Many people seem to be treating this possible change in the Xbox business as a slight against them personally, a capitulation and a weakening of the Xbox brand. Why are people like this? If the green game box becomes obsolete, just buy the blue one. Is it just a weird American thing? A consumerism thing? I guess people make other brands their personalities too, like Apple, sneakers, fucking Tesla. It's anthropologically alarming and interesting how brands can take over sections of people's brains. I also assume the people getting offended by corporate strategy are a vocal minority. 
My group of gaming buddies who all have Xboxes had not heard about this and responded with, oh, okay, when I told them that uh, Forza might come to PS5. Who cares? Why does anybody care? Joe, you're right. And now I'm going to click on this and uh, this is the first reply I see on Twitter to the Phil Spencer tweet is Phil, we love you, but great games do sell consoles. And then the second one is some insane long thing. What would happen if the rumors were true and blah, blah, blah. Here's my response. All longtime Xbox owners would be at a huge disadvantage and would be treated as lower class citizens by Microsoft. Since Xbox can't play Final Fantasy, Spider-Man, Stellar Blade, etc. But PS players can play all those and would also play Xbox first party games. After so many years waiting for consistent delivery of great exclusives and enduring hate from PS fanboys and the media, Xbox players would feel betrayed and fooled. And then there's like, that's like, it's a, he's got a seven step plan of what would happen. PlayStation would become a high performance console monopoly, which would make Sony even more anti-consumer raising consoles to a thousand dollars and games to $150 with players having no other option. These people are stupid. Like, like, I mean, I'm not, you know, like there are plenty of people that say exactly the same type of shit about the PlayStation that are just to, to make it clear, just to make sure I'm, you know, that, you know, I'm equal opportunity about that. They are fucking stupid too. You people are fucking stupid. These are the people that like when, you know, there's always, it's a shame because, you know, and, and. There are times when I will, as a shorthand for something, it's like, ugh, fucking gamers, am I right? And there's always, like, one guy who goes like, oh, this guy hates people who play video games. He plays video To which I say, if, if you get riled up by that statement, you're probably part of the problem. But also, it's these fucking people that we're talking about. These are the people that give people who play video games a fucking bad name. They're embarrassing. They're fucking tragic individuals. And it's scary to see them. They're adults. They're adults. We're just like, well, I'm walking away from the Xbox brand. It's like, fuck. (sighs) Oh, no. Folks. We've lost Tim (laughs) Dog. this guy says i believe in and support the xbox brand i look forward to hearing what you have to say please don't devalue the xbox console by making everything multi-platform and then embedded and then then embedded a picture of the xbox logo this is not no. This is not the same guy who did the song "Fuck Compton." Uh, that that Tim Dog uh, sadly passed away in 2013. He faked his own death and was missing for a while. So people were like, "Tim Dog's dead," and then it turned out Tim Dog was not dead. But then people found Tim Dog, and then Tim Dog passed away. 
So this is some pretender-ass motherfucker who is pretending to be Tim Dog on top of that. He's not even the real fucking Tim Dog. Not since Chris Rock took the name Gusto in CB4 has someone been... I shouldn't even read these, man. Oh, here, here, here's, here's Tim Dog now. He was asking Phil to join a Twitter space. And then cheap-ass gamer chimes in with, let's see some deals in the future, please. <laughs> That's on brand. The deals account is just looking for deals, baby. Looking forward to it, Phil. Just Don't just let the Xbox gamers, but the whole gaming world down. Microsoft is still viable in the gaming space, and it needs to have its place like promised, let alone competition. That is always good, and we need it. That's not, that's not a cohesive. I, yeah, I don't know, man. These people are embarrassing, and a lot of them are paying for Twitter, which I think tells you everything you need to know. Um, but, is the, but someone here you know there are some people that are getting down to the right business here and they're asking the hard questions here in the in the replies here to phil spencer like this guy derek who says do you know anything about titanfall 3 phil I, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, uh, these people are, uh, like I said, these people are embarrassing and it's a shame that, you know, like that's, uh, like I said, you know, the, at times the Xbox leadership, I think is fed into this mentality by following a lot of these like super fans and making those guys feel like they matter um, to the point where now they think they can like, well, I'm turning my back on the brand. Like, no, uh, cool, man. No one fucking gives a shit. Do you. It's, it's a much bigger business out here than fucking guy on Twitter who's like, I'm fed up with Xbox and I, I made my life about Xbox and they didn't meet me halfway. Like, yeah, no shit, stupid. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Anyway. Uh, thanks to Joe for writing it about that. Um, what am I looking at here? This is okay. That's someone sent a big photo that isn't loading properly. David from Texas writes in. One upside of all the Xbox shenanigans is that we might see the return of how huge Microsoft's franchises used to feel. I remember the hype during Halo 2's launch, walking into a 7-Eleven and being bombarded with Master Chief Slurpee Cups, Doritos Master Chief's Xbox Mountain Dew. Hell, you can even buy Halo 2 at midnight at select 7-Elevens. I believe that was Halo 3, not 2, but yes. Gears of War 1 and 2 also felt absolutely massive in their own way. That game was the exact perfect title for the right audience at the exact right time. It feels like Halo Infinite came and went. Halo multiplayer is just kind of there. 
and Gears 5 felt like a much quieter release. I hope Microsoft takes the time to backport a lot of their classic franchises to PlayStation. It would be cool to see these franchises get rejuvenated by a whole new audience because these franchises on Xbox were never going to reach much further than the extremely small Xbox user base. Plus, I'm sure it's much easier to justify big marketing spends on a much larger platform like PlayStation 5 and the Switch 2. What a crazy time. Yeah, I yes, I, I agree with you. I would love to see that. We, we do see, you know, like, so as, as an energy drink, as something of an energy drink, uh, uh, as a, as a, as a inter- insider in the energy drink industry, as an energy drink expert, uh, that is where the sponsorships seem to go these days. But it's like a very limited number of games and it feels very bland i don't know like it doesn't it doesn't matter like I, when the brands unite it can be fun yes it, it, that's me i'm the tim dog of energy drinks i'm turning my back on rockstar because of how hard they're making it to find fruit punch in stores and now i only want to buy the c4 ultimate fruit punch okay rockstar i'm not coming back and then cut to a, a footage of me hitting a can of rockstar with a hammer and breaking it what were we talking about? Oh, uh, it's Call of Duty. There'll be like some double XP thing of like buy a can. I think it was Monster this year. Um, and you can open the cans and get double XP. And then there were Starfield cans of Rockstar, and they're still out there. It's it's like specifically Rockstar Silver Silver Ice are the ones that I see that still have some Starfield branding on them. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, uh, midnight launches don't exist anymore. Like the, the build up to a launch is such a different thing, especially with some, you know, more and more games doing the three days early thing. Like the, the big focal point of a marketing campaign, which I, I, you know, we all like to think we're above it, but I, I like it when the games feel massive, when they feel like pop culture events, when it's like, oh my fucking God. Um, this thing is everywhere. We've got to go get it. Like Halo 3 was all over the place. There were a lot of games that were everywhere. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Pizza Hut combos, for example. By the way, uh, as an addendum to the email from last week about uh, using the coupon in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles NES cartridge decades later uh, we did find out uh, on the discord that that was a sealed copy of the game that they opened in front of in front of the Pizza Hut person to get the coupon out it was not just in the box it was they literally opened the seal on the game Um, amazing I'm all for it I'm all for it um Yes, but we, I don't know. It feels like it comes up every several months here that like, yeah, man, uh, game releases ain't what they used to be. But that's, I think that's just what goes away when we go to these digital releases. Like I, I'm not going out at midnight. I didn't, I tried not to go out at midnight ever if I could help it and and pick up games uh, in the middle of the night. Um, But it's like it's the same reason why e3 going away feels bad uh even if it makes a lot of sense when you when you sit and think about it 
and I think it's you know it's, some of the sex box stuff is maybe tied into it. It's like there's nostalgia for this stuff, and I think for a lot of us who were there for some of those big midnight launches and some of this other shit, like games felt bigger as a medium in a weird way. They're not. I mean, they're they're bigger now. More people play them now, but they felt like this big visible mainstream massive thing when you're like oh this game's everywhere this game's all over the place now it's like i don't know they just buy ads for the game on twitch and word of mouth gets out i mean the consoles themselves advertise the games now those full screen takeover ads on xbox are really nuts like they don't use them all that often but they still use them a little too often Modern Warfare, I think, got one. Where it's just like you turn on your Xbox and it's just like, boom, did you know Modern Warfare is out? And you're like, what? Why? Leave me alone. Um, but yeah, I think that a lot of the... Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens when GTA 6 comes out, right? I mean, that feels like it is the last landmark. You know, Call of Duty comes out every year. That's not to say the Call of Duty is not a big deal, but it's a, you can set your watch by it. Um, Grand Theft Auto does not drop every year. Grand Theft Auto is the push a T of video games. Um, and so you know that anticipation will be uh will be off the charts, and it will be mainstream in a way that like for a lot of other games it's not. So I'm I'm curious. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see, man. Maybe the GTA 6 launch will be ridiculous, but it probably won't be. People will just order it and whatever. Like people will be hyped about it. It'll be big on social media. People, you know, will take the day off to play GTA 6 and all that other shit, right? And and it'll be big. It'll be huge. It'll probably be one of the biggest launches, but it's it's not going to magically turn into No one's going to set a car on fire because GTA 6 is coming out. I want that type of escalation. Midnight launches need to be dangerous. I want to go out to the desert and see Xbox 360 games before they they come out. That's what I want, man. I want an infomercial on MTV. But no, you don't want that because all the people who are watching MTV just want to watch ridiculousness over and over again. They don't want a fucking Xbox infomercial interrupting their ridiculousness marathon. Um, like what's the, yeah, what do you do? What do you interrupt? What do you, where do you get your word out in a way that feels like it is special and above all of the other advertising to be like a huge fucking, you know, it felt weird to me that suicide squad was being advertised on both wrestling shows. That felt like a, like, Oh man, they're really, they're really trying to push this fucking thing. Huh? It's on both. Um. Yeah, burn the GTA 6 logo into the goddamn moon. Fuck it. Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean... The other thing I would say about GTA 6 is even if the timing lined up and they could buy an ad for it on the Super Bowl and have that be relevant, um, GTA 6 sells itself, baby. They would not need to buy a Super Bowl ad. So, yeah. those days are probably never coming back. 
the days of halo game fuel and halo Doritos and Halo, you know, like, like that, that ship feels like it's sailed. And that's probably okay, but it feels like we're missing something. It feels like, you know, and, and again, I think the younger players are never going to feel this way about it. It is, it is purely a nostalgia thing. Um, but yeah, I hate that. I'm, I hate that I miss it too, because it's marketing. It's like, you shouldn't, we shouldn't feel this way about marketing. It's marketing. But sometimes marketing can be really engaging and really crazy and feel, make something feel like it's everywhere in a way that makes games feel bigger. That to me is the thing, you know, and and because we don't see that stuff anymore, sometimes it feels like video games exist off to the side again. And it's not the case. It's not true. Like we look at the numbers. Um, tons of people are playing video games. A lot of them are doing it on phones, but you know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> I no, all right. This is if people email in about it, then who am I to not take the emails? I suppose fanatical Xbox devotees lose their mind when Starfield goes to PlayStation is the title of this email from Steven. I wanted to get your opinion on tribalism as it pertains to the gaming space. Xbox has been facing massive backlash from their community as the leaks about their games going to other platforms have turned out to be true. Xbox is my primary platform and it doesn't really matter to me that they transition into more of a third party. Why does it matter in the grand scheme of things for me as a consumer in the most general sense? Remove all the implications about Sony becoming more grubby and lazy. I'm speaking on a consumer level. But always seemed like the three companies had massively different strategies. Xbox's thing was never really first-party support to the extent it has been for Nintendo or Sony. Mm. That's only true recently, but sure. Uh, it's become more apparent in the last few years, given the success of Game Pass, that their main focus is services. All this stuff feels, feels, uh, feels to me like they're just doing what they set out to do. Oh, and I have a Switch for Nintendo First Party, and Xbox is my primary console for third-party games. The best controller ever, a familiar UI, and access to decades of older games at any time. I never play Xbox's first-party games, nor do I have a desire to ever play them. I could be the odd man out here. Why does it matter that Starfield or Indiana Jones goes to Sony? Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, yes. We have covered this. It doesn't matter. The, the, you know, people that are like, Sony's going to raise their prices. Like, no, they still have to sell consoles. They still, that $500 competes with rent and food and all, you know, all this other shit. Much like time spent gaming competes with movies and all this other stuff. The cost of gaming is also competitive with a billion other things as well. Spotify subscriptions and whatever, you know, like food, gas, (laughs) you know. Um, it's an entertainment item. They have to price it at least somewhat accordingly. Um, but Steven says, you know, he never plays Xbox's first party games, nor does he ever have have a desire to play them. I feel like that was not always the case. I think that Xbox first party used to be shipping fucking heat on a pretty regular basis. Again, I, you know, the Xbox 360, I think is in that conversation. It's not, I don't think it wins, but I think when we have a conversation about what's the best gaming platform of all time, 
I think it's probably the PlayStation 2. But the Xbox 360 is amazing. It's an amazing device. It's an incredible platform. And what it did for gaming in an online sense, in a social sense of friends lists and competitive leaderboards and like all the other stuff on that, like the Xbox 360 helped define what we think of as online gaming in this day and age, you know? Um, but Tony Hawk 3 came out on the PlayStation 2, so it went, uh, no, it's not, it's, not, it's not that simple, but... Um, but I, I think the Xbox 360 is one of gaming's greatest consoles. Yeah, it's up there, PS2 and the Super Nintendo. You know, it's 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 right there, I think. Um, and then it all fell apart, I guess. You know, let's see. Uh, ben in Boston writes in. PlayStation has a reputation for a sort of cycle of hubris. They get a big head when they're doing well and then overstep. The most often cited example being their success with the PlayStation 2 leading to the infamous PS3 launch. They were then humbled and rebuilt with the PS4. Now that they're dominating again, do you think we'll see the same pattern? Do you expect them to push their advantage too far in the coming years? Um... That that has been yes, that has been the reputation for Sony is that you know the PS3 uh, was them at the height of them being difficult to work with. I will say on on our side of things as well, um, and also as you know, a lot of developers say about the PlayStation 3 that that has happened. The PlayStation 5 does not feel like the PlayStation 4 did. The PlayStation 4 had a very hat-in-hand, hey guys, kind of feel to it. I'll put it to you this way. You know, a lot of different people there now, a lot of, a lot of changeover and all that stuff, so, so it's not about the people, but it's about the concept. Think about that video they made of Adam Boys and Shu Yoshida, them passing the disc one to the other, the quick, dirty thing they just shot. And how it took off and it was a big deal and, you know, it was like like a the ultimate slam or, you know, like, like all that sort of stuff. Could you ever see Sony doing something like that now? Who would do it? Who do they have that comes off as human in that specific way where they could get away with that without it seeming like a super fucked thing to do? Because it is kind of a fucked, it was kind of a fucked thing to do. But because they put some human faces on there and stuff, and you know, and Shu Yoshida is still there, but he's not in the same role, and you don't you don't see Shu quite as much on things. Is Herman Holst going to get out there and do it? I don't, I don't think so. Um. So I, I think that like you know the the personable Sony of the PlayStation Four. Um, if anything, it felt like they deliberately tried to pivot away from that. Um, and it makes sense, you know, like, Hey, you don't want your people overshadowing the message and, and some of that. If, if, you know, there, there are other hardware manufacturers that have ridden that thing to the grave, I guess of like, no, these people are overshadowing the message and now they've got to go. 
Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, yeah. So I, I think that, yeah, I think already Sony is kind of not quite, I, I would not go so far as to say they are back on their bullshit. Cause there are a lot of great people that have been with Sony on the U S side. Like the people I interact with, um, at Sony these days, many of them have been there for a very long period of time. Um, and they've been great to work with. They're very easy to work with. Uh, they're extremely easy to work with when it comes to like, Hey, can I get my hands on this game? Is this, you know, Oh, you're, uh, they are very, um, Sony's very good about sending things out early. Generally speaking, when it comes to, um, embargo times and, and dates and stuff like that. Like they've, they've been pretty good about that. Microsoft has also been for the most part, very, very good about that as well. And I think it's a show of confidence in their games, even when they don't necessarily have it, um, that they've been like, Hey, we, there have been, there have been cases, uh, death stranding, I think is actually one of them. I remember hearing that the internal feeling on Death Stranding over there was, oh shit, I can't fucking believe, oh man, this is what, this is what, we paid this guy to make this. And now you have, now we have to, fuck. And then it came out and people were super psyched about it and it did super well and all this other, you know, like, like the, 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 I bet it was a big load. They were like, oh, thank fucking God. Holy shit. <sighs> um. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh. Anyway. Here's someone who is uh going to remain anonymous here. Um from someone who has done some time in the video game industry, I suppose. Your section regarding my this is uh, I guess this well, this email came in at 1053 this morning so it it may be in result as a maybe as a result of some of the things we said here on this podcast your section regarding microsoft game pass square enix did a deal with microsoft for outriders to be available day one on game pass for 20 plus million dollars this was a huge deal that helped significantly with recuperating development costs for a very pricey game like outriders spoilers it still isn't out of the red yet yikes I've heard from other developers that in recent times the Game Pass money has dried up and Microsoft are giving a fraction of the money previously offered. This is perhaps indicative of a shift in strategy from Microsoft on their priorities. Yeah, so yes. I have also heard that a lot of the Game Pass deals have dried up. Um, and and when we think about an era when they were willing to pay over $20 million for a game like Outriders that is far less likely to be the case these days. 
and this is what I was getting at earlier when I was talking about the idea of propping up Game Pass and the best thing you could use to prop up Game Pass is to have great first-party games. Um, and that's been the problem. And so there's been a case where they're like, shit, we don't have this first-party lineup. And so my understanding was that at some point, some of the budget that it, they had been like, this is going to be our first-party game-making money, when those games got delayed, when those games didn't come together, when they were like, okay, let's take some of this and give it to the Game Pass people because you guys got to go out there and find some fucking games for us because ours all just got canned. Ours are, are bad and they're not coming together. And this game got canceled. This happened. This happened. This happened. Go out there and find some games for Game Pass. They can only do that so many times before at some point Game Pass looks like it's just not going to sustain itself forever. Um, and so the thing that Microsoft needs that they don't have, and you know, Steven who emailed earlier says he doesn't even play Xbox's first party games. And I can't necessarily blame him. There's some good stuff in there, but like it hasn't felt vital the way it did years ago. Um, and that's been the problem, right? Is it's too many games like a crackdown three where you go like sweet man. I'm glad I didn't have to pay money for this game because it's not worth any. But I'm happy to play it here as part of this subscription that I already have. Um, but you can't you can't live on that forever. You need to have hits. You need to have. It's always been a hit driven business, but when you're running a subscription service where you need to retain those users, you need things that keep them there, and you can go out and pay for those third party things. Like an Outriders, which is, hey, listen, I like Outriders. I would rather play Outriders than Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. Um, but it's not amazing. I don't know if 20 million is a good or a bad price for that because we'd have to look at other deals and look at how many people signed up for game pass and how many did this, how many people stayed on game pass because they were too busy playing outriders with their friends and blah, blah, blah. There's, there's just too much data around that that we don't have. Um, it seems like a lot of money for outriders and especially also, you know, like I said, um, yeah, it, it seems like the, the deals ain't hitting the way they used to. But also, it, it's not like the first party lineup has like filled the gap either. And so that's why when we look at Game Pass growth slowing and we look at them potentially making a pivot here, I think it's because of stuff like that is because Game Pass is not sustainable without them continuing to either spend a bunch of money on getting these third party games in the door or actually shipping great first party games which they have not done enough of over the last few years to make it work. And I don't see anything about their lineup going forward that gives me faith that they are going to turn the corner on that anytime soon. Um, everyone likes Peniment. It's not, it's not going to do the sort of numbers that it needs to, to, shoulder that burden 
along with a handful of, you know, Hi-Fi Rush and some of these other like good, but maybe smaller kind of games. People need to feel like the best game that came out that year launched on Game Pass. You know, um, and go like, wow, five of the 10 best games of, of the year came out on, you know, yeah, Pal World, except that they're not even, they can't even capitalize on Pal World, like we were saying. Like, they're not even, doesn't even feel like they're marketing it, but also it sounds like that Xbox version of Pal World is not the version you want to play because it's limited to four players and it's, you know, maybe not the same build and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yes. Spring Break My Heart is exactly right. It says, in theory, Peniman and Hi-Fi Rush should be the supporting games for their aces, like a Halo or a Forza or a Starfield. Yes. Like, if you've got those games working underneath, if you've got those mid-carders, while your top guys are out there, you know, getting the the majority of the the FaceTime, like, yeah, man, absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah. Um... Chop writes in and says, hey, remember when that Sony fanboy smashed his PlayStation when God of War was announced for PC? Yeah, people are fucking stupid. Even if it's fake. Even if it was a broken PlayStation that he smashed up to make some money on a video. Like, I don't know, man. That that type of stunts. Like, it's the same, like, the you know. You have to remember that, like, these people are doing things for attention also. You know, they're they're broken in multiple ways. Like, have you seen all the videos over the past few days here of people wearing Apple Vision Pros in public, like walking across the street and doing this with it on their head? I saw I saw one this morning that was a guy getting out of a fucking cyber truck wearing one and then walking away from the car while doing this. They're just that's just for you to get mad. That's just for you to go look at this idiot and to engage with it. Um it's the same reason why Twitter is even bigger an even bigger cesspool now is because like the people that are subscribed to Twitter and paying Twitter money can also are also desperately trying to make money on Twitter. And so that's all engagement based. And so now all they do is post like rage stuff and they try to like ride this disgusting transphobic wave that is happening out there. And, and, and just be as shitty as they possibly can be because they think that that's what's going to make them money on Twitter. Um, it's sick. It's it's straight up sick. Blue Sky, open to everybody today, by the way. You don't need an invite to use Blue Sky anymore. You can follow me at jeffgersman.com. That's my name on Blue Sky because you can have domains as your name on Blue Sky. Um, so, you know, I, I think a lot of this fanboy shit was all and it's been there longer than Twitter, you know, certainly. Like I fuck man, we you know, we got fucking emails and garbage we got garbage from people um when Sega pulled out of the Dreamcast business saying like you helped kill the Dreamcast because you are PS2 fanboys and this and that and it's just like I what the fuck is wrong with you people? They've been broken for years, but uh social media just amplifies it in a really disturbing way but i don't know i'm gonna get going that's it for the show thanks everybody for hanging out 
Uh, we'll be back next week with another podcast, but we'll be back tomorrow. We'll stream some games or do something. I don't know. I got all the achievement points in Sonic the Fighters on Xbox Live for the, the 360 version. So no matter what happens next week, I, that's done. <laughs> um, in the meantime, have yourself a great week. Uh, come back by either tomorrow or Friday. We'll stream some 8-bit Nintendo games or something. And we'll figure out when Microsoft is going to do its thing. And yeah, Helldivers 2 is right around the corner here. So, and fucking Foam Stars just came out this morning. I don't know. There's stuff. There's stuff. So, have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you soon.